0: On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt remains nasally, but Nick has returned from his porcelain throne, so the duo will be back together to break down the latest episode of the Manda, uh, I mean the Book of Boba Fett, to remind everyone that we're dealing with a shared universe after all, and Din is the king of it. They'll go through all of the important history and moments from Book of Boba Episode 5 while also speculating on what it all may mean for the rest of Boba's show and the Mandoverse in general. They'll then talk about BDH's excellent Star Wars work so far and how she's been pegged to do even more soon. Matt will discuss a few new toys to consider while Nick makes fun of him for wasting his money. The two dopes will then transition into this week's fan segment to read this week's question of the week responses while also admiring the latest top five featured Star Wars artists. Punch a Chewy!
1: now look who's back he's wearing his astros hat because football is over for all of us i don't know if nick has checked out the oddly casted movie about sean payton on netflix at this point in time but uh he too has left left the saints so I'm, i'm still not sure how you cast what's his name kevin james yeah to play sean payton in, a, in like a biopic of sorts but hey whatever right i mean yeah. money money talks and get shit done so i have
2: i have not seen that uh um, you have seen
1: it though in your netflix though
2: right I yeah mean, yeah you've, i've you've seen, seen the, the like the, the, the little screen for it i think i watched like a few minutes of the trailer i mean obviously i know the whole story behind it so um well, I'll eventually watch it, but not not high on my list right now is what I'll say.
1: Yeah, because I'd imagine that's a da- that's kind of a, a a dark turn for Saints fans. Because what, what you just like won the Super Bowl and then he got suspended, or was it the other way around? Suspended it was, then won a Super Bowl.
2: Um, so he was suspended after our Super Bowl win, and it was because right. of the whole bounty gate thing. Bounty if gate, you, if yeah. you remember that, if you're a football fan, you'll you'll know what that means. But yeah, I mean. That season definitely wasn't great for the Saints. I mean, it wasn't as bad as it could have been for sure, but not having your head coach there sucks for, for you know a season. And now obviously Sean Payton has retired, so he's not gonna he be there out.
1: permanently. So that that um, was odd. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you know, maybe he's made enough money, doesn't wanna deal with the nonsense, or maybe he saw some some hey, uh, tea leaves and it's like you know what it, this is a good time to get the fuck out of the saints I mean, organization here's but-
2: the, like everybody who complains about like coaches retiring being like well they just fucking left us hanging high it's like dude these people are people too and like if you don't right. like your job you don't keep it like if like if you don't like your job as a garbage man you quit so like why would that be different for any other position no, I, I get it. hey yeah like people
1: they, they just <laughs> They just need to bitch, man. That's yeah. that's. I, I don't want to say that's what humanity's been reduced to. I think we've clearly <laughs> always have been that way. It's just so easy. There's so many platforms these days to get the bitching out that it yeah. just it feels like a deluge of nonsense. Yeah. So, like
2: I just saw a bunch of it on like <clears throat> like the day he he retired. I was like, wow, he fucking you
1: traitor. you yeah, know, I was right. I was like, you dude, I was tra- like. <laughs>
2: I was like look <laughs> w- would you rather have a coach that's there that wants to do it given 150% all the time or would you rather have a guy who's literally like I don't know if I want to do this anymore like yeah. I-, I want the
1: guy who's who's there giving it 150 I remember when when Coward decided to hang it up and he was young and he just won the Super Bowl and and had what is now going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback first first ballot and he walked away. I'm like, if that motherfucker goes to the other team, I'll hate him for life. I'm luckily he stuck with the TV stuff, and yeah. he's never coaching again. But I, I get it. All right, man. Well, uh, it, it's good to have you back. I, I'm, it sounded like just in our chats, you had a case of the double orifice uh, vomit shits going on last I'm, week, I'm, or I'm pretty sure
2: that I have an ulcer, and like, oh no, my, oh, dude, so like <laughs> I've had what are you ulcers. Fucking worried about.
1: <laughs> I have, I'm the guy that's all angry and worried about shit. What's going on with you?
2: But I've had ulcers in the past. So like, I, I, I know when I have one and like basically the, the the best way that I can describe the feeling that I was having on Tuesday was like, it felt like I, my stomach was full of battery acid and like there was very little that I could do to to alleviate that feeling.
1: Yeah. You have to wait it out. I get, I don't know if it's, diverticulitis or the other one LOSIS, but when i get those attacks it's it's that's how i explain it's like i ate hot tacks and they're now trying to work their way through my intestines yeah so and there's really nothing you 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 can't even use nature's magic medicine to quell the pain you just got to kind of to suffer through it so all right well wasn't wasn't the COVID. I mean, I, I was out of sorts last week, too. I'm still feeling the kindergarten gunk even today. Oh, you know, yes. I'm, I'm sounding nasally, but uh, I, I feel a lot better. I don't, I don't feel like dying, at least. Um, so, all right. Well, hey, Nick's back. You know it's going to be fun. It could get a little lengthy. That's why we're going to limit the uh, bullshit today to, to just that. He's back, he's alive, he's in the co-pilot chair, and he's ready to break down the latest episode of the Book of Boba Fett, a.k.a. what should now be known as the fruition of the promised Mandoverse that we were given over a year ago. All right, So don't get, don't get all powdy, Boba Fett fans. This was the design all along, if you were paying attention. Crossovers were promised. A shared universe was promised. And guess what? It's happening before any of us could even have guessed. Not that Din showing up was a surprise. I think we'd been talking about that since the end of Mandalorian Season 2 when we knew Book of Boba Fett was happening. And on this show, and I still think even Favreau might have said this, we dubbed Book of Boba Fett as Mando Season 2.5. And that that finally kind of paid off here in yep. the Book of Boba E1, or I'm sorry, S1 E5. Uh, so we're going to spend a lot of time on the return of the Mandalorian today, because it it, it warranted. I mean, I, I know Nick doesn't get mixed up in the Discord or, or in socials, but those of you, the Discord warriors that I've been chatting with, it, it was pretty clear that this episode really tickled everyone's taints.
2: I'm going to tell you uh, what, too. Like, when we get to talking about it, I'm going to dislike a part that everybody probably loved, and my main okay. reason for liking this episode... I'm just gonna. It's Pelly. It's and that's it.
1: Like she, she is. I. I mean, I said it in my breakdown. I know. I mean, Nick doesn't subscribe to our channel or give me views either, <laughs> like the rest of you. But I, I professed my love for Pally Moto and her droids in in the breakdown and described her and Din's bond relationship as one of the top. If not the top character bonds in all of Star Wars at this point in time, yeah. uh, those, seeing those two together, it's it's a treat, and it's been a treat every single time. And and the longer their relationship goes on, and the better they know each other, it, it seems the more uh, intriguing their moments together get. You, you just would, gotta love her.
2: I would take a a weekly, you know, twenty five minute or twenty five minute long, half hour <laughs> long show where it's it's literally just Pelly. <laughs> in Pally her droids in her spaceport doing what she does like that's yeah. I, I don't need to because I'm sure that her interactions with the people around Mos Eisley are as fucking weird as they are with Din every time yeah. he comes in so I'll take a show just on that I'll say that that fight scene between uh Paz and, and Din was probably one of the worst things I've ever seen like All right, Uh, we'll we'll get there. The of the... You know what, buddy? You
1: know what? Since you took a show off and you're already going into it, you know how we usually do our breakdowns. We give our general reception of an episode first, and then we do kind of the deep dive with the Easter eggs, references, key moments, give you some speculations, maybe zero in on some quotes that may make sense down the road or may be setting stuff up. So since you're already uh, going for it, let's hear it. What would you think of the return of The Mandalorian?
2: So overall impressions were probably my favorite episode of the season so far. Um, it didn't like in, you know, some good, some bad with that. Like it it's, it's bad because it's not really an episode of the book of Boba Fett. Like we finally got there in the last, you know, two, two minutes when, when Fennec showed up, but it was and really a just a yeah <laughs> a minute. It was really just an episode of, you know, the man, mm-hmm. like it's an intro to Mandalorian season three. Uh So, you know, that's, that's
1: concerning, but also 2. not, 5. I, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm an asshole. I'll correct everyone. 2.5 season yeah. three is coming at the end of this year. That was 2.5.
2: So that's a little disappointing, but also, you know, like you said, you know, before we went online. Um, you know he kind of you know dins the guy who kind of kicked off this whole new you know universe inside of a universe, so it's not surprising that people it was you know their their favorite episode um my least favorite part of it was the fight, and this all goes back to the fact that lightsabers are light blades, and like I don't buy this bullshit where it's like you're fighting against the blade it's like okay, is that like does that happen when the five-year-old Padawans inside of the Jedi temple can swing their blades around fine. Or like when people who have no force power at all pick up a lightsaber and they can cut down trees and do whatever with it. Like the, the, the the experience around lightsabers is just like so weird now. And it's so disconnected between all of the different properties within Star Wars. Like the OT is different than the, than the sequel right. trilogy. And then the sequel is different from the prequel. And now the, TV shows are different than the fucking movies and stuff. It's just have a cohesive vision for how lightsabers work and and stick with it. So like that whole fight scene between Paz and and Mando where both of them are dragging this thing around like it's a fucking 500 pound hammer was just awful to watch. And I'm sure that like they
1: looked like they were characters in Jedi Fallen Order.
2: Yeah. Like in. Nick Gallard. Best
1: Cal Kestis impression. Yeah.
2: Like if Nick Gallard watched that, he probably vomited on sight when he started to see these people wield these blades around. I mean, the fact of the matter is that, like, the heaviest part of a, of a lightsaber or the darksaber is the hilt. And he was holding the hilt in one hand with a few fingers. And then all of a sudden, when he turns the light beam on that has no weight, the thing now weighs 550 pounds.
1: So it's the force, man. The force is working against them. and yeah. and like one six is saying, and props, and, and Devin in the chat. It's not a lightsaber, Nick. No, it yeah. is. I mean, it's hey. definitely a lightsaber. I'm it, sorry, to shatter your Realities, but uh, other is. people <laughs> ha- has said it as much. I believe it was Kondike, uh, Kondike, Kondike, <laughs> Kondike. <laughs> Kondike. <laughs> what, what am I thinking about? You know, I got some lesbians on my mind or something. I think Klondike was the one. He's like, you know what? Maybe they did this to explain why Kylo lugs (laughs) the thing around like it. Like it weighs ten thousand pounds, so I don't
2: know. I, I, that, that I, I get me. what
1: you're saying. I get what you're saying. Maybe we'll learn more. Uh, they're obviously setting up some history for Mandalore, Tarvisla, and and I think Din is going to learn more and more about the the history of the the first Mando Jedi. Who knows? Um, I tend not to get bogged down in that type of stuff, but yeah, I I I get what you're saying. It, it's it is a bit jarring for. For longtime fans, especially when you see what they were doing with lightsabers in the prequel era. Yeah. And, yeah. I uh, mean, not, and not and that like we can it, comment much on the OT because they, they hardly use them effectively yeah. in that. But yeah, I
2: mean, it just all came down to like, you know, after ha- having that conversation with with Nick and everything else and hey, you know, mm-hmm. maybe if we talk to the stunt coordinator for the sequel trilogy, then we could have a little bit more light shed on it or if we talk to the 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 stunt coordinator for this they could you know try to explain to us why these people are holding these bl- light blades like they're super heavy but and you know
1: now um, if, if armor would have said something related to the force versus hey you're you're fighting the blade would would that have cleaned it up for you at all or you still i don't it's think so because that, that like
2: light. yeah no it's it, it doesn't matter if it's the force or not like we've literally seen not like non-trained
1: force yeah, Moff, users Moff just, gideon used it yeah quite, totally fine quite easily yeah yeah like yeah, he I, was I, I got you he
2: was whipping it around like it was no big deal so i mean like even like yeah you could say like luke skywalker pre-training like he picks up the blade and he's like oh yeah whatever he doesn't even know he has the force like <laughs> and he was like literally in, in, in one you. hand, like so. it is oh. it's, the, it's the
1: continuity, the continuity definitely gets a little odd.
2: Yeah. Right. Uh, everything else though, I thought was fucking top notch. I mean, the, uh, the rebuild of the N1 starfighter, all of the exchanges with Peli, the, uh, the little pullover moment with, uh, uh, <laughs> with the, with the, with the Cap- space cops. captain Carson Tiva, yep, Yeah. Our te- buddy with, from with season te- two. Uh, I was I was actually surprised that they didn't bring in Filoni's character again to be the uh, the other pilot uh, alongside of him. But um, that was an interesting interaction. So I thought that overall the episode was really cool. Um, Just like from stem to stern. Um, And I'm interested to see how they're going to basically, you know, where we're going to transition back to. Yeah. The uh, the book side of things, obviously, you know, he's, you know. Boba is planning some sort of move where he needs muscle, whether it be against the pikes or somebody else so um yeah, yeah they, got, it.
1: they yeah, i i think me Myth, methos boba i'd pro, I'd have to rewatch that episode, but there is the only other focused training we've seen with a with someone using the dark saber for the first time was in Star Wars Rebels. I do not remember sabine swing struggling to swing it. I remember her struggling to kind of master it I, I don't know if they if if Filoni kind of gave that to John and that's where that's why we got what we got in this episode but yeah who knows I, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on why the fucking Darksaber weighs a lot who cares all right it's space it's sci-fi who gives a shit um outside of the continuity and and possible things to be explained to me, it was a a minor issue in, in this rather excellent yeah. episode. Yeah. All right. So I guess Sabine does say it's heavy. All right. Fine. Okay. Well, Nick's wrong. I just you don't guys care are all right. if they say it's who, heavy. Who cares?
3: <laughs>
2: like it's not he- like the fact is, is that it's not heavy. So. All right.
1: Yeah. It's it's mystical shit. So we we can't explain mystical shit. We don't know how to do Star Wars science. So um, it is what it is. Uh, Nick will atone for his airs after the episode and possibly chop off one of his testicles. Definitely won't. <laughs> All right, so uh, I, I mean, what else can I say? I mean, I, I have a lot of notes and and I've vomited a, a lot of my thoughts and have tried to educate our Discord group for the most part. Who are who are who fell in line? Okay, sometimes I got to correct them, remind them of certain things. Uh, but this episode was, it, it was it was pure joy, all right? I mean, I, I'm not one of these people that's going to sit here and denigrate the Book of Boba because uh, he was completely devoid from this episode, because I'm the one that, you know, I, I kind of got the signs, and they laid it out very clearly to us, I think at the end of, uh, what was that, 2020, the last time we, we saw The Mandalorian, and Kathy was out there showing, Hey! look, you guys like The Mandalorian so much, we're doing all this now. It's going to be a shared universe. There's going to be crossovers. So, whatever. This is what I've been expecting since day one. I mean, once the world realized that The Mandalorian was the next true Star Wars gem and it became such a popular hit, that's why we got shows like The Book of Boba. So, I'm not going to sit here and I I saw some of these people that run the big sites like taking these clickbaity titles like, oh... Isn't it sad that the Book of Boba Fett's best episode was all about the Mandalorian? I'm like, no, because the Book of Boba Fett lives in his fucking universe, people, whether you want to like it or not. And I think another thing this episode finally proved from this angry motherfucker, I've been right all along about Boba Fett. He has not been the most exciting Star Wars character that wears Mandalorian armor, nor has his father. It clearly is Din Djarin who now we know how to say his last name properly. I, I no longer have to stutter the Din Djarin. It's just Din Djarin. Because if he's not the most popular Mandalorian or Beskar-wearing character, then you don't have the reaction that fans had last week. Like, fucking yeah, he's saving the day. Finally, is worth watching. What does that tell you about your hero? This false god all of you have cooked up in your heads based on aborted EU comics and shit. He was a bum, He's finally a real character now. That is why I love the book of Boba Fett. Those, four, those first four episodes finally showed me that he's no longer a chump. He told us, I'm tired of being a fucking chump. I'm tired of working for idiots. I'm tired of seeing my kind get killed by these dumbass crime lords that I know I can do better. Boba Fett is a character now. Now he can go on to achieve the heights of Din Djarin. All right. So <clears throat> eat that motherfuckers. <laughs> no, I, I love all of you. So I great episode for me. Love the Lord dumps. Right. I've said this all along. I, I don't come to Star Wars for the, the flashy shit, the pew pews and the sabers. I come here for the story. That's all I've ever cared about in Star Wars. That's it. The story. I want to know more. I want to know why this stuff is happening, and I want to know where things are going. And I think this episode uh, did all that perfectly for me. I mean, I have so many more notes to talk about. I don't know if I want to rattle through all the points now, but I I mean, 100% loved. it It just oozed off the screen, Din's love for Grogu. I mean, we we, we got glimpses of that at the end of season two and and some of the stuff he was willing to do. But once we see the sacrifice that he made, knowing that he was going to be excommunicated, that shows you how much that dude loves the little green guy. Uh, Him looking at the Rodian kid and, you know, he was sitting there thinking like, fuck, where's my guy?
2: I will say that he took his helmet off far before the end of that. Well, only,
1: only in front of a droid,
2: though. He took his helmet off when he was in that what you call it that like the first episode that Bryce Dallas Howard directed. When he took his when he took that bath in
1: like that little village. Yeah, but he wasn't. He they're allowed to take their helmets off as long as they're not in front of other people. The way
2: that, that, that she that's said been it. In a role. The way that she said it seemed like never because she was like, have well, like, you ever taken your helmet off?
1: I I, I think it's more in front of non uh, more in front of other Mandalorians or other people. Gotcha. Like if you're if you're by yourself, I think you can take a shower. I, I hope they can take a shower. Otherwise, <laughs> the armor has got to smell like just something God awful. Probably yeah. like my cat's ass when she's licking it far too long and then uh, you, you know Paz probably smells even worse because he's a heavy person and and fat people usually have their own little unique odor going on because you can't get under those crevices and whatnot. and then of course our boy Din I mean w- the adventures we've seen him gone on the mud he's been in like yeah so I, I think they're at least allowed privately to take okay. it off so uh, the only documented helmet removals were in front of IG-11 to get cured or fixed at the end of season one And then season seven, episode seven, or season two, episode seven, that's the real sacrifice. That's when he's like, I have no other means to save this little kid or 50 year old outside of breaking the creed. And he took it off to wear that, you know, the, the tank armor helmet and do the facial scan and get his face put into the Empire's database. And then obviously in the finale when he had to say goodbye to little one. But, but again, it just shows you someone that drank the Kool-Aid from the time he was picked up by Death Watch. His love of that little guy was enough for him to break that bond he had with the Kool-Aid drinkers. Love that stuff. The N1, my God there was a part of me when we were talking about last week and when I heard about the rumors a, almost a year ago, I was like, eh, yeah, you know, I don't know. But then you see what they do to it and you see it at the end. You're like, yeah, that's a fucking sweet ride. It that's turn like it one into of the a coolest, hot ride. That was yeah, awesome. That's one of the coolest looking starships in Star Wars right now. And guess who else just flew one man starfighter shit, starfighters, Luke Skywalker, Kylo Ren, Ray at the end, all Star Wars heroes end up with their with with a badass starship. They don't need these these RVs that can fly. Okay, you know R.I.P. Razor Crest, Yeah, we bought the HazLab. Lab. It's useless now. So what? That that fucking N one is slick. It's I hope sexy. they just
2: destroy awesome. his ships like every other season, so he never has the same. I
1: just that like, would that would be funny yeah like, that's that like, a running so like gag. all right i need
2: another thing it's like all right <laughs> what do we got here let's go back we got a we got an old galactic republic era uh you know whatever fighter fuck we got a we got a we got a rebellion uh uh x-wing here you can you can ride that we got a b-wing and he just goes through all these ships i think that would be pretty- uh, yeah i
1: mean just i well I, like i said i i I've always loved the N1. I do think it's one of the um, sexiest looking ships in Star Wars. But when I was trying to put Din in it, it, it just it, it didn't jive until I saw what they did. Yeah. And then when he gets up and he starts flying, then he lands and calls it wizard like our boy Devin reminded me here. I was like, yeah, that's his fucking ship. That's his ship. They 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 can figure out compartments to attach a you know, a carbonite slab to underneath and, you know, a hatch to throw all his weapons in. Fuck it. He, he does not like I said, he doesn't need that big ass RV. So, um, the other things are, are kind of high level, but I'll just kind of rattle them off. So hopefully I don't forget, but I'm, I'm got a theory going on right now that Grogu and or Din, they're going to be the next Mando Jedi, like Tarvizla, uh, the Armorer. like, come on. Sam Whitworth finally making me realize she's got fucking horns on her helmet, like the Maldalorians. Is she a a like an even more extreme branch of Death Watch? Uh, it, will Mando be going to see Maz Kanata? Rumors we've we've heard, uh, and then um, like I already said, Din is the true most popular Mandalorian in all of Star Wars, whether people want to admit it or not. The reaction to this episode proved it in full. All right, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I loved it, and uh, I, I thought it was perfect. It was perfect time to have that episode in the book of Boba Fett because, let's be real, we've we've seen it all. We, we are now caught up to Boba Fett's story. We we now know what has happened to him since the Sarlacc up to meeting Mando. So it was a nice little pause to remind everyone, like, hey, well, yeah, we we've been learning about Boba Fett and how he's becoming an actual real character. But guess what? This is the Mando verse it's a shared universe and these crossovers are going to happen. So uh, I thought it was brilliant. And, and I, I'm not going to lie. When I was watching it, Nick, I, I I kept looking. I'm like, Oh Jesus, we're 30 minutes in. Like, are, are, are we going to get to like the, the Boba timeline here or, <laughs> or, or what's going on? And then it's going and going and going and then get to the end. And then you hear Pelly like, Hey, some lady's looking for, he's like, Oh, there it is. And then it's literally, Hey, uh, Boba needs some muscle. You want some money? Nah, it's on the house, but I gotta go find Grogu first and credits like, all right, well, at least we had that slight tie in right there. So let's go ahead and, and get through the Easter eggs. Cause there were many, many, my friends, uh, and, and some good ones. And, uh, really the key moments were even better in terms of what, uh, they may have in store For the series and the Mandoverse as things progress, so just let me get all my files in an order here, so I'm not talking shit. I'm not talking out my ass because I never like to admit that I'm doing either. Uh, All right, so getting into the eggs right off the bat, and these are kind of callbacks to the Mandalorian itself. We see that Din is still whipping his spear, and he still likes to drop his catchphrase. I can bring you in warm or i can bring you in cold which didn't seem to matter to to this clatoonian he he wanted to have a brawl and my god i loved how that played out i mean y- y- that fight with paz i'll give you look kind of wonky but this one you know seeing him kind of struggle but the fact that he was chopping people in half and severing heads yeah that that's nice to see in star wars every once in a while you know it, it, it's good to remind people like hey I know George wanted it to be all all kid-centric, but it, it's nice to kind of get that that in-your-face violence from The Mandalorian here and now. Uh, this next one, I, I don't know what you thought, Nick, but seeing the world they were on, I mean, were you not instant like, oh, oh you getting the Halo yeah, fucking theme song going? It's,
2: it's definitely like uh, Halo ring vibes for sure. I wonder Huge. like did they say like what this was or did they completely like
1: Well go there's by? based on the do you remember the moment where he's in the elevator standing next to that alien Yeah apparently that that alien was called like a a, a, a glavis something so a lot of fans have just said well then maybe this ring world's called glavis or glavis G L A V I S uh, but we did, I didn't there was no direct name in the closed captioning uh, or or anything. It was just kind of fans thinking that, all right, if that character's name is Glavis something, then maybe that means that's the name of the ring world. I also, I don't know if you got, like in some of the pull-down shots, and and I know you hate this franchise, but I got Citadel vibes as well from Mass Effect, um, especially uh, the shot I have up now on the live stream, which, by the way, if you want to join in, we are uh, we do the live stream every Tuesday is about 2.30 p. east, on YouTube, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Uh, but there are moments when you're on the Citadel and, and you can also see it is kind of a, a ring world and you have these cities built uh, essentially in space and they're just floating and, and hovering there. So um, I uh, did enjoy the look. of it. I, I just thought this planet was rad. It, it was yeah. quite unique for Star Wars overall. Yeah. Uh, it- everything. We've never seen something like this in Star Wars.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a first, which I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah, first first thing was definitely like Halo ring vibes, and then I mean I didn't really think of the Citadel, but um,
1: well, it's like I, we all know you hate the franchise, so you pr- yeah. haven't gone back to it in quite some time. But yeah, it, it I mean, was,
2: I, was the Citadel a ring, or I don't even know.
1: Like, it was, if you remember, it, it was almost like a a flower that opens up to reveal the world. You know what yeah. I mean? And then. Uh, but it, it, I don't know. Whatever. It, just, 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 just go with me on that one, <laughs> Young Nick. It, it works. I believe you. All right. So we, uh, the, the character that Din did the job for to get information on the covert was a was an Ishi Tib. All right? The good old Ishi Tib alien race. I, I believe it. One. Then we have a, a Jedi Ishi Tib, or was there an Ishi Tib Jedi? Uh, either way, they've been featured in in Star Wars. I believe both in animated and live action before. Uh, as Den is looking for the covert, after he gets the uh, the the info he was seeking for the job he did, we get to see the good old uh, Mythosaur symbol, and it, it does appear that the coverts get into what a lot of us did in the 90s when we were in our teens Invisible. and that is you yeah using <laughs> stuff that only lights up in a black light yeah and so I, I just envisioned the armor and paths all along i've been down there essentially having raves yeah and dipping open markers into absolute bottles
2: there's just dicks like, <laughs> drawn all over the wall <laughs> and like you yeah. can't see it unless you turn the black light on <laughs>
1: I remember that. Like it even made in the college. We thought we were so cool. We yeah. you know, Like I said, we'd empty absolute bottles and we'd throw in uh, neon markers to turn the water and then turn on the black light. Be like, whoa! Aren't <laughs> we fucking so hip? Yeah. Oh, uh,
2: Yeah. I I used invisible ink pens a lot when I was in high school. That was when they were like super popular. And they were like, oh, it's like it's an invisible ink pen. And then on the <laughs> back of it, there's a black light that you can hit the button and yeah. you can read it. I was whoa. like, oh yeah, I'm fucking all about science this. is cool.
3: <laughs>
1: All right, so um, hey, like it's just all this stuff was cool. I mean, I, I don't think I knew Mando was coming to the series. I did not know we'd be getting Mando two and a half in like a deep plot dump and in and lore setup for Mando season three. So, you know, the fact that we finally got to see uh, the Armorer and Paz again was nice. And I did fuck this up in the video because when when Paz says only three of us, I, I forgot to include that Din was the third. So that's crazy to think about. I mean that that covert to help Din and Grogu get off planet on Navarro essentially sacrificed itself. Yeah, yeah, it sacrificed its foundlings, all the adults outside the armor and Paz, and then obviously uh, Din was the last one. So that that's some deep shit. And yeah. that I mean that. Goes to show you some of the tenets of their creed and how what that means, loyalty and solidarity. Even wonder though
2: how many of just like the general Death Watchers are left now because I obviously know. these, but, but I mean, and the thing is, is it's like we know that Mandalorians exist outside of it. We've seen them with the with Bo Katan and the Night Owls, and we know that they have like an entire you know following behind them too. So I wonder like what the breakdown is between like regular non death watch mandos versus totally versus yeah and, and
1: and i, and I want to get into that because i i you know uh, let's just say we shouldn't be taking what the armor says no, verbatim no, she I is mean, she's spinning like, her own tale, right this is the whole you know we, we hear it all the time the, the, the victors kind of write history not that any mandalorian was victorious but she is writing her, her own, own history her to, own version of it she, right, she's like the
2: david koresh of mandalorians <laughs> For those of you who don't know who David Koresh is, (laughs) he's the guy who uh, was like the the Waco, Texas disaster where all of those fucking crazy Mormons were like stockpiling weapons and then they burned themselves alive. So, um, yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, she she's like, hey, only my people got it. She's full of shit. I mean, we, we know at least three other Mandalorians that weren't cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs survived the the purge and the night of a thousand tears but i i definitely want to dig into that once we get in the key moments uh but in addition to seeing these characters again we also got the the uh the drop on uh tar visla yeah which which is always good to see and I, and like i said don't don't sleep on uh grogu and Ordin din becoming the second full mandalorian jedi especially knowing that we know Grogu at some point is going to get himself some Beskor armor, probably chain mail. And Din already has that part, but there's a good chance he may be kind of dipping into more of the mystical sides of wielding the dark saber. Yeah. Right. So uh, I don't give a fuck what Paz says might be an heirloom of his families, but I it's, believe Din is the one destined to yeah. be the ruler.
2: There's no birthright attached to the dark saber, at least in in my opinion <laughs>
1: so no well, dude i mean there, there's real it, it, and this goes back to the armor she doesn't believe in birthright anything because she, yeah. she puts the whole fall mandalore on, on the Kree's family and like oh she was born into a great house and you know they they they, they fucked it up and she didn't deserve the role anyway so yeah fuck mandalorians they, they don't believe in in shit getting passed down through bloodlines they believe in shit getting passed down through combat plain and simple that's it like whoever's the strongest rules i mean it i don't want to get into it but these fucking assholes probably the armorer's ilk fell in line with darth ass maul because he won the saber in combat so she's fucking crazy but anyway we'll, we'll, we'll get there um and then this is the first time in shit a full season, right. And almost a a year and a half since the last one that we got the, the, the Kool-Aid tagline thrown at us left and right. This is the way, this, this is the way yeah. <laughs> it was like, shit, I, I forgot how much these people like to say this. Cause it really has been since season one. And, uh, when he left Navarro that uh, yeah. you know, we had all that, this is the way type of like Catholic, uh, Ceremony chants and responses. So it it all returned in this episode to catch us up. Loved it. Um, while he's talking with Paz, we get a a, a moth Gideon update. That was nice. All right, that is clearly- interesting.
2: I was gonna say something about that. That they turned him over to the New Republic. Like I figured that Bo would have taken his ass back. Like the, just like the whole turn of events that like we see essentially. You know what's happening after S2 ended like I figured that he probably would like they would try to figure this whole Darksaber thing out. But but it seems like Bo's like, well, you want it. So, all right, see you later. And she's just yeah. like, OK, with it, <laughs> like
1: no, it seemed I mean, like that, that... would
2: have been a bigger deal to her. But I don't know.
1: And maybe it was the moment and everything and seeing a Jedi come back and Grogo go go and, and and Din getting all emotional. So you're like, you know what? This guy's so fucked up in the head from being in Death Watch and the cult. He just had a rough emotional go, giving up his ward. I'm going to let it slide for a little bit. Maybe I'll challenge him in season three. But I <laughs> I, I did like... That's why I like that we got this episode because it gets all that bullshit out of the yeah, way. It is. It,
3: yeah.
1: This is... this is We don't even have to address anything from season two, Mando now when season three starts. It can go right into what I think is going to be Din's quest to redeem himself in the minds of Mandalore. But again, more on that later. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Well, the Gideon thing, Nick, I do believe everyone's favorite uh former new republic soldier cara dune did say that she would be kind of wrangling up for the new republic so that, that kind of made sense to me although i do agree with paz and in, in armor that they should have just killed the motherfucker
2: yeah um, or like handed him over to the mandalorians but i guess like right. since there's no like official mandalorian delegation no, right now there's or there's like nobody there. to give him to i just figured they would have just like let Bo Katan have them and just do whatever she wanted. But yeah. yeah,
1: who who knows? But I think that's all season three stuff. Yeah, I mean, we, we we as much as we love this episode, we 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 couldn't have it go too far into full on Mando plot lines. It, it kind of had to remain uh, generalized to the the current timeline and what's going on. But I do want to bring up the the legend she said and the fact that she did call it a legend herself when she spoke of the Mythosaur rising up to herald a new age of Mandalore. And and even the armor says, sadly, it is a a, a tale of legend. I, I don't know if that was like a double nod to... Because you tell me, was were Mythosaurs a big thing in the expanded universe, which is now considered legend in real life or no?
2: I mean, does it really matter at this point i i mean like right. to, to to my knowledge mythosaurs were like like what they would do like they would kill mythosaurs to prove their their strength and like okay. their worth as a mandalorian so like you would bring back like a you know or something like that and like that would be like a like a like the true test of uh of, of strength for for a mandalorian that's
1: right. so okay that I, makes i can also see it though actually coming to fruition riding riding
2: mythosaurs as well like that was another thing is like they
1: would yeah right the mean uh, of- when we get into key moments we can go deeper but i i think this episode above any has set din's path in motion to become something much more special than a bounty hunter yeah. And, and it, it, they are kind of teeing him up to, to kind of be the savior, the, the mythosaur rising up. Now, is that just symbolism? Is, is he going to have his chain hanging out when he makes his big move? Or will he find one of the beasts as he's looking for the living waters in the mines of Mandalore? Yes, little one. Hello. Welcome back home. How you doing? Good. All right. I love you. I love you, too. Thank you. We oh. got the Lego. Oh, your mommy got the surprise? All right. Yeah, I can't wait to build that one. Okay, sorry. One that's the uh, we didn't get that last week cuz she was home with me sick, but that's a, if you're new here, that's the my little kids back from kindergarten and she still loves her angry daddy. So, <laughs> it makes me feel good. <laughs> What's the Lego set? What's the new Lego set? They just released this exclusive globe set. You like you, you build a globe and it looked pretty cool. So, um yeah that that's what that's the set that we we picked up wasn't cheap and i'm i, I still kind of want to boycott lego over what they did to me on this disney castle set i bought like a year and a half ago i mean dude i, I i've never spent i've never bought a 400 hundred dollar lego set and then have every single bag miss pieces it's it's oh, been a, wow. a goddamn nightmare you know what i mean yeah that is pretty <laughs> um, fun. wow going okay. back real quick before we move on i want to address one six shooter no chance in hell Boba Fett is going to be wielding the dark saber and being the savior. I mean, he's a clone. He's told us in canon last year in the Mandalorian, he's not a Mandalorian. He doesn't buy into that shit. Boba 100% wants to be who he is right now in the series. Din is going to be the chosen one. I, that that's where I'm going with. Yeah, I, I mean, we need to give up on Boba Fett having some sort of allegiance to to Mandalorian Mandalorians. He never had it. Never will. He doesn't give a shit.
2: Yeah. I mean, at this point I know that like in old Canon that he kind of followed that path where he, you know, he eventually like went back to Mandalore and started to well, to like, you know, be more cognizant and like live more of a Mandalorian lifestyle. And then like eventually would, would try to like, you know, become the, the, the leader of the, of the remnant. But I don't think that's where he's going here. It's just like, you would have to do such a dramatic 180 degree turn yeah. based off of what we already know about the character and what he's expressed his desire to be that it would be kind of weird like
1: right you know yeah, he 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 it, we'd be saying he he did all all that he's trying to do now on Tatooine and then he just gives it up for a legend that he's never gave a fuck about i, I just yeah. i don't see it uh, trevor i'll 100% take you up on the bet uh, you let me know what you want to wager and i'm in cuz I don't know, I I don't get everything right, but I do consider myself to be a damn good speculator based on what's been laid out there and I just I do not see it. It's just not in Boba Fett's character. Does he come and maybe help Din in the Mandalorians? Sure. But does he become the leader and wielding the Darksaber? I, I just do not see it at all for the character and what he has uh I don't want to say even transformed into, what he has grown into in the book of Boba Fett.
2: Yeah, yeah. It seems like he has a lot i mean like it's not even really self-serving like he wants to be a leader yes and we see that now with him trying to start his own syndicate but like but in his area in a, his exactly arena. a different way like he doesn't want to be the leader of mandalore like he wants to run his own syndicate and you know that's yeah. completely different than like running an entire civilization
1: and we, we all learned i mean we, we've learned even from this episode and and mando season one and beyond that you don't have to be born mandalorian to be a mandalorian so yeah i guess a clone could become one but only if you follow the goofy creed because if you don't follow the goofy creed then you're no longer a mandalorian at least to the The death watches the the cult yeah Uh, when it comes to the the creases of the world i don't know what makes you a mandalorian because they were the ones born on mandalore proper
2: and like that's Uh, what ultimately comes down to like if there are only two death watch people left then like it really doesn't fucking matter what their creed is or what they believe or who, who they think right. should be the leader of Mandalore.
1: Yeah, that is a good, like, we, we still have no clue how, we know there are other coverts. How many and how densely populated they are, we have no idea. I mean, you, you would think these two being reduced to, to two, they would have joined another or tried to lead another, but no, yeah. they, they still wanted to stay in their own little goofy. But it, but it's also pack, like, so.
2: we, we've only heard, like, have we heard about other coverts from anybody other than people who are in a covert?
1: So like, Uh, I mean, I guess you you could loosely say when Axe Woves goes like, oh, he's one of them, implying that they they know of these people, they've come across the the creed believers.
2: Because when you're in a cult, the cult leader tells you like, oh, yeah, there's other people all over the world that believe the same thing that we do, but there aren't. It's just you. So like, is she that type of person who's like, oh, yeah, don't other coverts all over you find Round the corner right yeah, there for that's, sure that's
1: a good point i mean again that that could just be more of the armor's gaslighting on din because yeah we have to assume din has been in that covert for a long time his entire time. life yeah like i mean his entire adult life i, I mean, mean he he was he was picked up from true death watch and then was that armorer's version of death watch was that pre Vizla's version of death watch bo katan's version who the fuck knows they're all they're all shitheads when you think about. It. I mean, Mandalorians—it's a fucked up society if you really uh, break it down. What happened to them? So, yeah. and really, that was the other thing. And we're still in our eggs, references, and cameos. But uh, I I appreciated getting the armorer's view of Bo Katan Kree's and how oh that's a cautionary tale. But I think for us fans of Rebels, it, it finally explained like all right, if they believe in this legend. That if you win the, if you get the dark and try to rule Mandalore, and it wasn't through combat, you you inherently bring a curse to the planet and the people. That that's given us a little resolution to how things went down in Star Wars Rebels, because I mean she more or less says, hey, Bo Katan didn't win it. She tried to rule, and then the curse came to fruition. I I, I mean we 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 get the whole the whole curse, and then the whole prophecy of the dark saber when you went through combat finally gets explained to us yeah all right she, she's like hey she didn't win it by creed her house lost sight of the way and then this is where we go into which was one of the best flashbacks we've had uh, even though it was short but it was very informative when she tells us we finally get to see the great purge and then in particular the night of a thousand tears And you had to love those visuals. You had to love just, I mean, thousands of TIE bombers blanketing the sky. It reminds me of that episode from the Animatrix where the humans finally decided our way to win is to block out the sun and they had all those jets with like oil slicks coming out i mean at one point you really couldn't even see the sky it was nothing but tie bombers love that and then them just glassing the planet remember we heard about how the planet was essentially glass like they did in halo and we see it now it's because there was a jillion tie bombers dropping bombs on every square inch of the planet I believe this was their Capitol building that we saw in Rebels, that big dome structure, and seeing that thing getting fucking uh, wiped out. And then Nick, I, I I'm I'm sure this resonated with you because I think you're a fan of the franchise, but just the direct mirroring of terminator yeah. apocalypse visuals yeah. to what we got here thanks to bdh that was just a thing of beauty that's so. what i
2: was gonna say is like the that scene at the end like at the end of that flashback where you have the ISB security droids and you have the the probes kind of walking through that was like super judgment day
1: like I, like, I mean, the, the T-800s were the K-2s and then the yeah. probe droids were the, I forget what the, what the ship droids were called in, in Terminator. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was dead on. Even, even the slow pace that the K-2s were walking in the, yeah like shooting fucking down mandos and it, even the screenshot of having the stream. I mean, look at that. Look at the carnage. Look at all the helmets. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a purge. It was a massacre. And we finally got to see it. I mean, this was teased way back in season one when Gideon was shit talking him in the bar. So I love that payoff. Beautiful shit. Um, what else we got here? Yeah, we got the Grogu name drop. All right. I, um, I'm surprised we're getting right back to Grogu. But thanks to the way this episode played out, plus previous uh, decisions made by Din, it, it makes sense. I mean, the guy is bonded to him. He truly is Din's foundling. And as Din explained, like, you know what? Fucking Jedis and Mandos, our beliefs are completely opposite, at least if we're considering the wacky Creed shit. But he clearly is still committed to loyalty and solidarity for his dude. So, uh, you know, the fact that he wants to make him something and check in on him is... You know, it, it's it's poignant to yeah to the relationship he formed with that little guy. Yeah,
2: I, I'm I'm surprised that it's happening so soon. I mean, I guess we, I am too. I like am too. you know, maybe he could have gone like a couple more months without seeing him, but I guess the pull and the uh, relationship is really kind of yeah.
1: I mean. Wait, it, it's, it's so hard. I mean, Star Wars makes it damn near impossible to tell how much time has passed. Yeah. I, I mean, for all we know, it, it, it could be a year at this point since true. Yeah. the, um, the, the, the Gideon star destroyer, uh, run in and handing over Luke. We, we just don't, we just don't know. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, in, you know, we'll talk about this in key moments, but I, I, I feel like they they've kind of painted themselves into a hole with the end of episode five but we'll we'll get there so what, what else we have um grogu name drop making them some gear what do you think chain mail for the little guy it
2: looked like it it looked like it's going to be like chain mail ring mail type of thing and yeah um because there's really cause like you saw like the little the little chain pieces so i don't yeah, know what else it could be sure yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, some this. people are like, oh, maybe she made him a, a Mithasaur. He's like, he, he's already got a Mithasaur necklace, and there's no way this lady is is wasting pure Eskar Beskar on a fucking necklace. No yeah, way. She, no. she she sets it up for us. She says, this should only be used for armor. Done. All right, so I think we're going to see the little man in, in some chain mail. And like I said, I mean, he, unless Din taps into the force, Grogu definitely has potential... To be a a hybrid like like Tarvisla, kind of the mentality of a Mandalorian, but the the skill and the uh, attunement to the Force like a Jedi. Uh, all right, I I kind of I kind of fucked this one up, but it's all right. Oh, the little sack looking like Grogu too. Yeah, right. That that like that, that was on purpose, and I think everyone picked up on that. All right. So, you know, I, I, I fucked this up, whatever. Apparently we saw the vibro blades vibrating in, in the Mandalorian before. I, I did not remember them vibrating as much as we saw them here, but I do believe seeing the arm shield might've been new, but I think I fucked that up too. Cause I, maybe Casca popped one up to block Boba's fire when they had their little fight. I was
2: going to say, I think, I think she did like, uh, right. right in that little barroom brawl they had. Okay.
1: Well, like I said to the the Discord bros, if I screw up, don't tell me in Discord. Do it in YouTube. Call me out. I can on only, the video. Yeah, as I told him, <laughs> it's like hate breeds more hate, which could breed more views. And that's what we're looking for. Still not getting a lot of action on these videos. And, and, and listen, you diehards, the Discorders can you please start sharing some of my content? I I know everyone wants to, you know, get their own clout and everything. Like, ooh, look, I saw this too. And look, I saw that he went through Beggar's Canyon just like Anakin. Can we like, you know, try to promote the guy here that gets up early and kind of tease up this stuff before the rest of the world wakes up and finds all these neat little eggs and whatnot instead of, you know, our own little, "Oh, hey, look, look what I saw, you know? Come on, come on. That's all we ask for. There's no Patreon. There's no donations on this stupid show. Just give us credit where credit is due. Get my theories out there before other people. Thank you. All right. You're always quick to tell me how wrong I am, but no one's ever there to tell me how righteous I am. All right. You guys know I need this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hated myself for putting this in, but yeah, we got another RX24 bot. It It was a fun little scene, if anything else. You know, Mando. Plus he gave us the old... Uh, the uh, weapons are his religion line, which is a callback to, to season one. So, um, uh, love it. Uh, what's what are we seeing in the chat here? Once he gets the Matt's never wrong, LLL. That's right. There you go, props. So, keep start start sharing my content, then, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> um, okay. This one here, I don't think anyone picked up on because they're not goofy like me, but homeboy was wearing a range trooper coat 100%. Yeah, it, I mean,
0: that, that's
1: that's like. That is a dead nuts range trooper coat from Solo. Look it up. It's legit. Rodians for the first time, I believe, in, in Book of Bo. We, we've seen a lot of other famous alien types so far in the series, but we got Rodians, and really this moment obviously had some meaning when, um, uh, you know, Din could, couldn't even look at it. I mean, couldn't even interact with this little kid because he's feeling so so down and as the armor said, like, yo, you, you can't, you, you're not, you're not working this thing right because you, your mind's disconnected. Just like Yoda was saying to Luke, like, hey, you're never here in the present. You're always looking to the future and other shit, asshole. Focus on the here and now. So Din, Din's experiencing a little, little Luke wow wow, like, oh, wow, my friends, oh, my friend's gone. So Din, Luke Skywalker, the comparisons are getting closer and closer. BD and it is not BD1. Alright? It is not BD1. It's just a BD droid. This that's how it was uh listed in the captions. This is not Cal's BD1. It's just a BD droid, but man, it was great to get one in live action because they are cool droids. They they've got they they seem to have uh a personality, kind of like the pit droids, because they, they, you know, they're not full automatons, arms and legs, but they, unlike an astromech, they, they do have body parts, so there is a little more emotion going on, uh, so it was nice to see a BD show up in the show, plus we got a uh, womp rat sighting in Mention and then of of course the return of Nick's favorite character Pellymoto and the droids and you got to you got to include them hell they even put Pelly and the droids on our character poster yesterday Nick so they're 100% apart yeah. the same like they are they a are group. one in the same they are a group they come together if any of the droids ever perish it will be a sad day in all of Star Wars you know, you got the, the little shithead pit droids. You got R5 hanging out, trying to make up for blowing his motivator way back when, and then the good old Treadwell. Uh, all right, the whole N1 that was fun, right? I mean, gr- big time egg to the prequel era, Phantom Menace in particular. And you know, we 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 got appreciate what they did. To I
2: love it. all the made up shop talk that they were talking to, like all just they, like. I'm glad you
1: I'm yeah. glad you said that because we had a a, a person on youtube that that watches my one of the few people that watches the breakdown and i think it's like blaze or something but he he gave a very personal tale about why the the, the scene of them cranking on the n1 was such a great scene and he's like man it just reminded me of me and my dad when we we we'd crank on a car and or, or you know talking about all these crazy parts and doing this to the boomba gasser and blah 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 it's just like apparently you know grease monkeys really kind of had an emotional attachment to that whole dynamic of Pelly and Din yeah. wrenching on the ship and, and getting off market parts from the Jawas dude, it was and all great. that fun stuff. also
2: like I mean again dude like Pelly's the best character in, in this whole Mando verse because she's like oh yeah I fucking dated a I dated a Jawa once. <laughs> like that whole
1: little thread yeah, of dude, just like
2: oh there's yeah she's furry yeah, they're, they're yeah it's, it's, but it's not even that. <laughs> After
1: that, like Sedaris, I don't know if this is in the script, but then she goes like, yeah, her talking like, makes that's the, the
2: first time. She makes time. the
1: little, <laughs> she makes faces like doing the, like what what Jawas uh. look like when they talk, and then she even sp- uh, speaks Jawaii. So it was, <laughs> she really is, man. And, and, and like I said, my breakdown, her and Mando are one of the best pairings of Star Wars characters uh, to date. I mean, so really, they, they're so- they're brilliant together. They're just great. <laughs> And he, hey, look, look at the growth Din has had. When he first showed up, he was threatening her droids and, you know, kicking them away. Now he's thanking them for their help. So yeah. even even Din can grow and, and learn to love droids after the trauma he experienced. Do you the think Clone that Wars. he'll
2: eventually get an astromech to put in the N1?
1: No, I yeah, think that think N1 so. was specifically gutted out, as she said, for one purpose only in yeah. I think that's for another tiny passenger. So <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I don't. I don't think he's ever gonna roll like like the Skywalkers or or Ray or whoever with a dedicated astromech. Yeah. Uh, all right. What else we got here? Yeah. All all the stuff was fun. Uh, Pally gave us a faster than a, a foth year line, and I wrote that down. He's like, yeah, that probably means something. And sure shit, those were those dopey like deer horse looking things from the Canto bite racing (laughs) segment. Everyone's favorite in star Wars. Yeah. These guys, this Paul has actually shown up a few times in the Mandalorian. I think it was like background fodder in Mandalorian season one when he was trying to go into the clients, but then you got the Jawas. I mean, the story itself was great. I mean, they just, these little cocksuckers, just like I can see him, like all right, go go. They roll <laughs> under a pike ship and start and ripping start stuff rooting. out. The fucking yeah. sell it, uh, all because Din asked them for one. But yeah, the, the the reason we're talking about this bar is it's the same style that Leia, Han, and Luke used to brace the trash compactor yeah. in New Hope. But yep. it's just like you know what? I mean, they are. That's that's that. Those are Jawas. I mean, if. They would be the ones if you parked your, your nice car in a, in a seedy part of town and you came back, it would be fully stripped and sitting on the cinder blocks. Yeah, and that's exactly. Just, that's what they did. It's like, like, then's like, yeah, where the fuck did they get this engine piece on Tatooine? And, you know, Pelly's like, hey, Tatooine, you know, yields many surprises or something. <laughs> so, uh, good stuff, man. That's, that's why I love Star Wars. Fuck it. Did uh, you get the, I, uh,
2: I, I mean, like, I don't even know if you could have added this, but like, um, they made a mention of the J-Type engine that they used in it, and that's the same type engine that um, Qui-Gon for needed. Padme's. Yeah, yeah Padme's uh, needed. cruiser.
1: Well, hey, see, you should have went. After the show, Nick, go to my breakdown and tell me I'm an idiot because <laughs> I missed that. Maybe maybe I'll get another two or three views <laughs> and go for it. Idiot. Fucking uh, missed the J-Type engine. Yeah. J-Type I, I don't know. What, what's going on in the chat? That's Fabio. Who's Fabio? All right. Maybe explain, Trevor. I'm not getting that reference. That's Fabio from ACBA.
2: I don't know what ACBA
1: is. Um, Okay. So when they do fire up the heavily modded N1, a a very radical looking N1, Mm -hmm. it it was like, it was a sound orgy in terms of references to, in particular... The you know the Phantom Menace, the Pod oh, Racers, okay. the 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 N ones themselves, Padme ship. I mean, it, it feels like they just mixed all that shit together when he turned on those engines and then clearly started taking his his test run. And and this was, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I I've come full circle in the prequels. I do appreciate them. I'm never gonna say they're my favorite, but seeing him kind of just let loose on the throttle. And, and watching that thing zip over most nicely and the residents looking up like what the fuck is that? And then he goes right into the pod race track. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like now this is pod racing. That type of shit when he's he's zipping through like the Not not Beggar's Canyon yet, but where you had all these big rock structures and it it was almost identical shots to what we were getting from uh, Anakin's uh, cockpit in the pod race rolling up on Beggar's Canyon, which is a heavily referenced location in Tatooine. I mean, it's been referenced since A New Hope, you know. We even saw a Womp Rat hanging out in Beggar's Canyon as Din was about to come through the turns. Guess who used to fly his T-16 Skyhopper through it and blast Womp Rats? That's right, Luke Skywalker. Hell, we can argue that's the only reason the Rebels let him pilot an X-Wing because his buddy Big said, yo, this motherfucker could blast Womp Rats from a T-16 back home. Uh, so all that, just, just beautiful stuff. This is this is why you gotta appreciate John Favreau and then his kind of living encyclopedia dave filoni Uh, and there's the ramp Uh, a direct shot i did not like get too nitty gritty but i mean someone did point out the smashed fence pieces are still there from when anakin crashed through it in his race against Sabalba and launched himself to to ultimately get closer to the lead so uh, it's just you gotta love those fine touches only assholes like me or other people that are super nerdy about star wars would pick up on it but the fact that the team takes that time to make sure those references are there it's just beautiful stuff beautiful stuff coming out of the the favro and feloniverse and just to kind of uh, y- y- you know wrap up the the litany of references we got when Din took his test drive what does he start doing at the end spins like our buddy anakin right our, our buddy anakin loves spinning that thing too thought he was hot shit as and did din he, <laughs> right and then he gets pulled yeah. over so <laughs> uh, that whole interaction is uh, that, awesome. yeah we even got this was our first cameo here nick the the other pilot lieutenant reed was played by max lloyd jones is the guy who was the guy that played luke in the mandalorian itself oh that's so, awesome you know cool. it, it seems like once you get in here Uh, once you get into this production, it seems you can pick up other odd jobs as we've seen with this actor, Chris Bartlett, who apparently any non-speaking role that requires either a droid costume or an alien costume, he gets, I was reading a story about this guy. He he's like living out his dream, just playing background characters. He's done it in Kenobi and in Book of Boba now. So it's like, again, I lament my situation in life. What the fuck am I doing? (laughs) Why am I in my basement talking about this when I could be like a short guy that gets, you know, background parts in Star Wars making, you know, $200 a a show? I think I would trade off, but (laughs) oh well. Uh, Life is passing me by. Uh, But we also get our dude, uh, Captain Carson Teva, played by Paul Sun-Hyung Lee. Uh, This was a character established in Mandalorian Season 2. He is the wingman of Trapper Wolf, played by... Our Lord and Savior of Star Wars Day, Floney. Uh, Whoa, there's a bonus little uh, add to Floney's name, and then at the end, probably one of the one of the cheekiest moments references is right at the, when he finishes the flight in him how it was we get Wizard. I love <laughs> you gotta love the fact that Din the whole time he's dropping swear words, but when he lands, he he references our boy Kitster's favorite line and gives us a Wizard. So, uh, I mean, the episode clearly had a a shit ton of eggs, not really eggs, but a shit ton of references. It was awesome. Yeah. All right. So, you know, if the guy from ACBA podcast is, is getting to be background, sign me up, Trevor. I'll figure it out. I can't do it What's for myself. What's ACBA? It, it's like a, they do toy stuff. Okay. Yeah, they do. Like, okay. Uh, I think it's like articulated comic book art is what it stands for. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So now into the key moments. Uh, Nick, I'll be honest with you. I was surprised to see that Din went right back to bounty hunting. That's exactly what I was going to say and and he's taking damage from himself that i think that uh, that plays into kind of your setup for den you're calling you know the 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 dumpster kid the bullet sponge but uh, you know right away the guy because he, he doesn't quite know how to handle the dark saber or he's so emotionally fucked that he can't handle it properly i mean he drags it right into his quad his own, and, yeah, yeah and, a- and fucks himself up more than we've seen him fucked up outside of when he almost died in season one episode eight yeah <laughs> so.
2: yeah I mean, I could see that, too. Like, you know, the first time you're using a lightsaber, even if it doesn't weigh a thousand pounds, it's like you you don't realize that, like, yeah, if this thing touches you, you're going to get really fucked up. You're fucked. <laughs> so... Yeah,
1: so far, he he had only been used to having it hit his best car. He yeah. he didn't quite understand that um his jumpsuit wouldn't protect him the same, and exactly. it, 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 it burned him good. I mean, so it wasn't just a burn. I mean, the guy could hardly even walk by yeah. the end. He fell down the Felt steps downstairs. as he returned to the covert. But exactly, it, it was the whole bounty hunting thing. And and I know he he kind of used it as a side job to get information versus the the bounty. But the fact, I mean, it, it's like. It, it, I look at his it way, it's almost his way to deal with the loss of Grogu. Like, you know what? That, that, that little thing was such a big part of my life. Yeah. All this other, I got exposed to all this other big galaxy stuff with Mandalorians and Gideon, but I know where I'm comfortable. I know what can kind of take my mind off of all the shit I just went through. I'm going back to getting pucks and looking for shitheads.
2: Yeah. It's um, just, I never thought that like in that situation at the end of season two, like, that everything would just like go back to normal. Like, Oh yeah. Like Bo-Katan, I guess he wanted in fair combat. So it's yours. Like, and she just lets him go and do whatever he wants. And they go back to doing whatever the fuck that they were doing. And then, and then it it just see it does seem weird that that he's legitimately just like okay another day at the office again yeah
1: (laughs) but i mean in the end it was ultimately to get back to his covert and you know we we were reminded in this episode again the whole thing with grogu as much as they bonded it was a a quest given to him by his leader and and as she said when he comes back she's like hey Oh, you completed your cat your quests, well, you you are now able to join our covert again and work for us. Yeah. Uh, so it is almost like you got to remember the guy's f- fucked up. I mean, he's been brainwashed his whole life. There there's only a few moments where he kind of became his own person and made decisions for himself that went against the creed. Outside of that, he is a ro- he's programmed to live by that creed. So yeah, he, he's like, you know what, quest completed, I'm going back to bounty hunting, and I need to find my covert, so yeah. I, I I guess I, I I bought into it, it was just interesting to see it, but I, that's why this episode, I think, serves season three so well, because it gets all this little shit out of the way, and we can jump right into what I think is going to be the big narrative moving forward, Gideon and his fate, and then obviously Din wanting to reclaim his Mandalorian title, which is going to involve a lot. And it's probably going to potentially almost uh, spur a civil war between the Mandos. And we've yeah. heard the leaks about Din calling out to a, a, the galaxy to get a group of Mandos. So I, I really think the narrative shifts heavy to his quest to get back to Mandalore and redeem himself.
2: Seems so. Yeah. I mean, I hope that he kind of has his eyes opened in a way that yeah. says like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe living in fucking random holes with two other people who don't interact with anybody else is probably not a good idea.
1: (laughs) And we'll probably get there. If not, I I have notes to remind us, but yeah, I I think there's, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes with the armorer and and what the, what her kind is up to. Yeah. Uh, If you really love Mandalore and you're so sad that you've lost it, why not? Try to to band together with all living Uh, everybody to take it back, yeah,
2: re-establish it. Yeah, no, all right. Like I
1: said, the (laughs) the fact that it took Sam Witwer in a tweet saying, "Oh, it's funny you're 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 saying Bo Catan's a cautionary tale, yet you're the one still whipping horns on your helmet." So I I think there's there's something to that, Uh, but we'll we'll get there. Um, All right, so next key moment clearly. He finds his flock again, and this is where we we really got some dark saber lore hammered out. At least as it's going to be now, in this canon. And, and like I said, we we got the curse fully explained. And Mandalore did fall, or at least if you believe in curses, because Bo did not win it by combat. Um, you know, he 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 then rejoins the covert. We get the whole, you know, this is the way. It always reminds me of like and and also with you and you know all that shit from my my catholic days uh, but we also get the other side of the dark saber lore which is one warrior will defeat 20 and the multitude will fall before it all right and then again if it's not one a you know uh, mandalore will be cursed laid to waste and its people scattered to the four winds which is where we are at now i mean whether it was a curse or not Mandalore fell to the empire and it fell hard and they no longer have their planet and they are scattered across the galaxy. So I, I just liked getting that, you know, kind of getting the, the backstory of the dark saber, all the legend behind it is now out there and canonized again in the Mandoverse. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, like, like Jared's saying here, I mean, I, you might as well run with it. Do you, do you think the Armorer is her sect, as she calls it? And it is a sect. Are they, a, are they what's left of Death Watch? Or were they like a, a more hardcore part of Death Watch? Or are they the, the remnants of Maul's super commandos?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. It's also hard to kind of track from here. Because, I mean... You would imagine that the remnant of Maul's super commandos would have probably been dealt with. I mean, the re- well, actually what happened was the remnant of Maul super commandos became the super commandos in the Imperial Army.
1: Right, Gar Saxon yeah, I mean, exactly. He, he sold out hardcore to work with the Empire. Yeah. But she she seems to hate the Empire and was was mocking yeah. it like, Hey, the Empire was only around for thirty years. Fuck them. That's
2: what I was saying is so that's why I was saying, like, I don't I don't necessarily think that they're a part of like Ma- Maul Maldoloreans necessarily because we've already kind of seen their story play out through rebels yeah, with the super I commandos. I mean, I think that more more than likely that they are kind of like a just like a a sect of Death Watch that kept that kind of credo, and
1: well, we you know. gotta remember at least in Clone Wars, the creed didn't exist. Yeah, I mean, fucking Pre Vizsla Bo when she was in it, they all had their helmets off. Yeah, so it's almost like, I mean, the creed itself could be horseshit. It could be something that they've it's, only been following for twenty years.
2: Yeah, I mean, the creed itself is definitely horseshit. I mean, we we know that already. Um, I mean, I feel like it's uh, like, she's a cult leader. Like, I don't know how else to right. put it. Like she is a cult so leader. You, she's the one, she's somebody who preys on disinformed, uninformed, or very gullible people. Or and orphans. She, yeah. And I mean, she has. Remember, I mean,
1: a lot of these motherfuckers are foundlings. Like, yeah, they, she's, she's essentially taking kids off the street and indoctrinating them in the way.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it. I don't think that she has any affiliate. I don't even think that that she had affiliation with the original death watch i mean like i don't know how old this person is we probably will never know how old she is but like if she's in her what call it late 30s she's still too young to even know what death watch properly was and well, I, that, i'd
1: say we, we probably put her at least boca tan age so mid 40s 50s because i mean she yeah. really you know when she talks about and i was going to get there but when she talks about the, the great purge and how she was able to survive is like, well, my people were, we were on the moon in Concordia. Well, who else who ruled the fucking moon death watch? Yeah. I mean, pre so. Visla was the governor of Concordia. So I'm I, just hear me. Out. I mean, this is this, this is Matt pulling out his ass stuff. Could she be the remnant of death watch that neither wanted to follow Bo Katan and become the night owls and kind of get back to Mandalorian society and also didn't want to follow Pre and Maul because to me that's still a betrayal of the way in Mandalore itself. Falling yeah. an outsider, could she be someone that made a stand? Like, listen, I'm not going with either one of you fucking people. I'm I'm breaking off my own sect on Con- Concordia, and and we're gonna start falling into this creed so we don't end up like the Creases, and we don't end up like the Vislas, who both through their actions. And who they align themselves with, ultimately led to the downfall of Mandalore itself.
2: Yeah, no, I, I mean he, that that makes a lot of sense because there's no other section or 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 sect of Mandalorians that she really falls in line with, right? Like, right? Okay. You know, I mean the horns yeah, thing on the helmet. I mean,
1: I, I mean the Maul Delorians. They sided with Darth fucking Maul because he won the saber in combat, but he sold them all out. I mean, he he used them in the final season of the clone wars to try and get Anakin Skywalker to Mandalore. So he could kill him before he became Darth Vader. Yeah. And he laid that out. That, that was it. I mean, he, he even leaves. He's like, Hey, Gar Saxon, die a glorious death motherfucker. I know that's all you guys care about. I'm (laughs) out. So you would have to think those that followed Maul would never buy into a creed that that the armor is following and, and promotes. yeah yeah and you and we know those that that left with Bo left death watch to go back to try to not be a shithead anymore they they would not buy into that shit they told us as much when axe is like oh he's a nut job so it, it's almost like she saw the split happening with with the the crease way of trying to rule Mandalore and the Death Watch Vizsla way of trying to rule Mandalore. And she's like, this is still goes against Mandalorian culture, creed, whatever. I'm locking shit down. We're drinking Kool-Aid. We're indoctrinating. We're going to get a place in Waco, Texas to set up shop. You (laughs) know what I mean?
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like that's probably the most likely is that she didn't want to go either way. So she was was just like, "I'll, I'll, I'll take whoever will, who's coming with me? who's coming with yeah, I mean, me and then just it, it, dude, it happens thing. all
1: the time we, we we can see it in our own society with, yeah. with certain religions and pastors like if if you've got a message and people are, are feeling down they'll they'll listen to fucking anything they'll believe in anything they'll follow anyone and do anything all right yeah uh, i mean adolf hitler and hey not when, a great guy when you but, rescue but look,
2: kids and they only learn from you you can make right. them believe anything you want to exactly <laughs> like, okay
1: I mean, the horns on her helmet, definitely interesting. Yeah. were, you know, chiming in, interesting. I know a lot of people for years now have been like, could this be Rook Cast, who was essentially one of Maul's lieutenants? She and Gar Saxon were the ones that broke him out of the prison that Dooku and Sidious put him in, uh, in between seasons of the Clone Wars. But still, she was a loyal follower of Darth Maul up until the end. I mean, I know we didn't quite see her fate, uh, and she doesn't really show up again in rebels unlike saxon who completely sold out to the empire uh, but that, that's my point it's, it the, the mandalorian mandos sold out their own planet almost immediately when the empire took over so i don't think they would then become someone like the armorer yeah all right hard hard to believe it's good stuff i mean i i, yeah. I this is why i live this is why i love star wars it's it's this shit like the nuancey stuff you know who who's the armor? Where does she come from? Why why does she think this way? What happened to her? All right, it, it, you know what what was going on on that moon of Concordia? All right, what else? Uh, okay, I you know what this is another thing. You know most people probably could have just thrown this out the door and not not worried about it. But I I loved learning the fate of the spear and why she melted it down. And it does make sense until I think someone brought up, well, then why do they make whistling birds? And that, that is a good, very good point <laughs> because I do believe the whistling birds, at least the projectiles, are forged to Beskar. So uh, technically they do use Beskar to make weapons. But her, her sell to him is like, listen, motherfucker, this thing existing, period, is a risk. To all Mandalorians, because this is one of, you know, one of only weapons in the galaxy that can pierce our armor. Yeah. So we, we got to get rid of this shit. Beskar should always only be made for armor.
2: Yeah. I mean, the Whistling Birds thing has always been like a, they, they kind of threw out the, the cannon on that pretty quickly because they're like, Use it wisely. And then every other fucking episode, he's got new whistling birds. Well, so.
1: Yeah. I mean, he just, he just emptied a, he emptied pellets in this episode yeah, into the, the, the whole, into the weapons lockers. So. Yeah. I mean,
2: this <laughs> motherfucker's got whistling birds coming out of his ass. So like, right. clearly they don't have a problem making those.
1: It could have been off screen. Like I, did you have a BB gun when you were a kid?
2: Yeah. Uh huh.
1: And you remember the copperheads, like the BBs, you could buy like half gallon milk yeah, jugs of them. Yeah, maybe maybe he has one of those, you know, off screen we've never seen, right? Yeah, he's just got. Like, <laughs> she just made
2: a whole bunch of them at yeah, one time. He got
1: a fucking ton of them. They're they're like BBs. He yeah. just reloads them when he needs them. So, but either way, I mean, her point was kind of valid, yeah. it, and it made sense that someone like Morgan would have had this weapon which can not only can defend against lightsabers but could also pierce Mandalorians yeah and the fact that she was a lieutenant of of Thrawn should not be lost on people because he either gave it to her or, or he knows that same concept of if we have Beskar weapons we, we can, can stand fuck up, shit up to anybody yeah yes. yeah we, we can <laughs> fuck up those those space wizards and the, you know, the, 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 greatest warriors are Spartans of the galaxy for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, kind of back to the great purge. I, I think we, we've gone through this, you know, yeah, her, man. her explaining like, Hey, I, my people survived because of the creed and we were on the moon, which bullshit it's, that's a crock of shit. Other Mandos survived that did not believe in the creed. And, you know, we can name three of them, and I'm sure there's more, but Axe Wolves, Cosca Reeves, and Bo Catan would call bullshit on that line from the Armorer. Um, but it, it, you get that history, you know, if you have not watched Clone Wars and Rebels, Rebels in particular, you, you get the Mandalorian history laid out in, in the moon of Concordia and how there was a a group of Mandos that lived there because they broke away from modern Mandalorian society, which they thought became too soft under Duchess Satine. You, you know, they they so you can see how someone that might have been on the moon is more hardcore in the. Kind of the ancient ways of Mandalore, right? Because yeah. I mean, they they initially split from the main planet because they did not jive with how the Creeses wanted to rule Mandalore in a more modern fashion. Like, listen, we don't all have to be running around in our best car, fucking killing each other to get things done. We can try to rule with some civility and in, in government versus war. <clears throat> All right, and then that that great scene—the just the the T eight <laughs> hundred K twos—love it, love it. I almost need to fire up Terminator at this point. Um <laughs> uh, blah blah blah. Insights, learning to. Uh, I think I have these screens up just because, and believe me, nothing gets said in these shows for fun. The fact that Din kind of has a light bulb moment with the armor when she's discussing how the Jedi don't believe in attachment and like, dude, should he really be your foundling anymore? Because that, that that goes against the Jedi creed. And he's sitting down thinking, he's like, oh, you know, that's completely opposite of our way. Yeah. You know, uh, he is my foundling. I do believe in loyalty. I do believe in solidarity. And you know, so you you kind of get that that laid out, and and the fact that Din is not going to buy into no, I mean just because he's a Jedi, I'm not going to just disconnect myself from this little fucker, you know. You know, maybe maybe this and and Din's belief that hey, you know, our our creed sands the weird shit, the helmet stuff, and this is the way nonstop. Our creed has some good points about sticking together family bonds solidarity and loyalty so hey luke you might want to fucking try that out on your new batch of jedis and you know maybe den influences luke maybe luke influences den moving forward maybe there's a bit of back and forth but if he's going to find his little guy i don't know how the man himself isn't included in that interaction yeah um uh, I like the training. Uh, I I know you, you know, the the heavy shit aside, I just liked hearing her speak. Was it Mandoa? Yeah. I think that's the first time we got their native language spoken in live action. And is that the first time we've ever heard it outside? Did they do it in KOTOR? Did they, did we get like Mandoa text in KOTOR or not?
2: I don't think so. But then again, I mean, you don't really interact with, too many Mandalorians.
1: I mean, maybe you they know did. what it is. I, I I feel maybe it was their names seemed more mandoa like right? Like their names, a lot of them had uh, apostrophes in it and and whatnot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That,
2: yeah, I mean, because I mean, what was I mean? The guys in fucking the co all the KOTOR characters are in Galaxy Heroes.
1: Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking about like Candor's yeah. Ordo, but they're, they're, I don't know. I feel like some of the whatever I, I, could, I think i'm just making stuff up at this point it has been a while since i, I, I don't think it, that they
2: i don't think that they spoke mandoa and not
1: in, i it, it, not necessarily speaking it but i felt like their names were more reflective of the language cuz when i had the closed captioning up like everything she said would be like two letters apostrophe and then the oa like uh hua Su, whatever the hell she was saying i mean the, everything had an apostrophe i i believe Some of the, like, at least the armored Mandalorians in KOTOR, like, their names were kind of spelled that way. But, again, I think at this point I'm just generalizing and probably making shit up. Uh, But you know what I did like about their fight outside, you know, the, the heavy thing aside when she starts, like, showing him, like, quit being a fucking dope, and, and and daps him on the helmet, but then grabs her tongs underneath, and is like, I got you. Right now, I could de-Mandalorian you and take your helmet off. Like, I don't know if anyone noticed that, but she she specifically grabs the lip of his helmet with her tongs to show him, you know, he he's beat, and she could remove his helmet and piss on the way if she wanted to. I was not surprised that Paz brought the challenge. I mean, if you just looked at the guy's body language and just the questions he was asking after he realized that Din had the Vizla family saber in his possession, it was a matter of time before he, he came at him to make the challenge to try to get it through combat. And I guess it's clear. And this, this might bode well for Din if Bo really does want it, but it doesn't look like you have to win, uh, with a with a flawless Brilliant. victory yeah yeah the, it doesn't seem like a finish him has to be a part of this ceremony for the dark saber it just it seems if they yield or if someone else says yield that's considered a victory i, I figured with these nut jobs especially the creed followers it would be to the death yeah death
2: but or death or nothing <laughs> so
1: it's either that or the armor is like oh shit yeah Vin the is armor pretty, <laughs> Din Din is pretty fucking special. I don't want to get on his, uh, you know, I don't want him fucking with me. So I'm going to make him feel like shit and say he's not a Mandalorian anymore. So I'm just going to call the end of the match and then see if he's taking his helmet off. So, yeah. Also,
2: like, she she probably realizes, like, there's only three of us. Yeah. If he kills (laughs) that guy, there's only really just me.
1: And then, yeah, (laughs) because she's thinking, like, man, if he kills the big guy and then I ask him about his helmet and he says he's taking it off. It's over, folks. Like (laughs) my my covert's done. (laughs) Like I will be the last creed following Mandalorian. So yeah, yeah, she she put an end to that. (laughs) Um. But he kicked his ass, right? Yeah, he did. Din, Din's the man. I'm telling you. She even says, and you know, maybe it was just to make him feel better about stealing his spear, but she's like, listen, this is the dark saber is a more noble weapon for you to wield, Din, more or less. So He's special. We know this, but I think the universe and even his own people, and maybe she is known all along, but don't sleep on din for being a bullet sponge the rest of his life. I mean, as well as just a, a, a hunter. Uh, I think they have grand plans for it this. Just, it also
2: just goes to show you like how bad all the fucking bunker kids are at actually fighting because <laughs> like if he's the best that they have, doesn't bode well if they actually fight people who don't live underground
1: their whole life. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and Paz has not shown out too well himself. I mean, outside of his heroics and saving Mando and flying in, leading the charge and then saying goodbye, I mean, in in melee combat, he sucks. Yeah. I mean, din a a Mando smaller than him, less girthier than him, shorter than him has bested him twice in in hand to hand. Uh, I mean, he kicked his, he kicked his dick in this fight. I mean, he was slashing the back of his legs, stabbing his legs. It was like he was cutting his knee tendons out. I mean, He, he fucked them up. Yeah, he definitely
2: learned something by being out in the world a little bit, for sure. So um yeah
1: you you know you go back to Paz like oh you bounty hunting for the empire you shithead what you know what buddy maybe you should be out there in the real world doing some jobs too because you can't fight with your fist to save your life yeah right (laughs) that that is canon at this point in time just like wookiees having teeth in their assholes thanks to peacemaker (laughs) tell you man gotta watch the show just fucking brilliant (laughs) shit but back to the mandalorian Okay, so, um, you know, this builds upon just his his love for Grogu. Um, but we had that awkward silence when she goes through the ceremony, which seems to be a thing. Like, anytime these two have a fight, she makes them kind of recite the creed. Like, oh, no, I'm never taking my helmet off, of course. This is a way. Have you taken your helmet off? And he's like, uh, hmm, huh, how how should i respond to this yeah it's like (laughs) and she's like motherfucker did you take your helmet off and he's like yeah and just like that she strips him of the title so like i've seen in some memes the next season will just be the man season three (laughs) yeah you know what i mean so (laughs) um but this is to me i think it needed to happen to din Now, while I do believe his main motivation outside of seeing Grogu is going to be to redeem himself in her eyes, I do think the journey he gets himself into will ultimately wake him up to not only his true potential, but what he can do for Mandalorians and Mandalore itself. And in the end, even if he comes to blows with the armor, I, I think Din will be... He will be okay, not be considered a being considered a Mandalorian in 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 the cult's eyes when this is all said and done.
2: Yeah, I think so. I I agree with that.
1: But that is, I mean, I I mean the fact that she even says like they 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 tee this up for idiots like me. He's like, um, can I can I just say sorry or something? Like, how can I? Come on, please, mom, please, mom. How can I get back in your good graces? And she lays it out for him. She's like, hey, yeah, you got to go to the living waters beneath the mines of Mandalore, and and he's like, um that shit's fucking blowed up lady. And she's like, this is the way, which which was her way of saying, go fuck yourself. You know, you figure it out. Yeah, You took your helmet off. You asked me how you can get back in my good graces. This is it. So I I think that is going to be his initial, we could almost call it the MacGuffin. Uh, for season three like I I think his his initial intentions are going to be to redeem himself in the eyes of the cult but that is going to lead to a hornet's nest of other Mandalorian society type of of issues that he's going to have to address and and clearly we we need the Bo-Katan side brought back in as well because there's there's three factions at this point the ding-dongs the creeds the owls and their followers and then the din like the din is truly one of a kind at this point in time yeah he's not with the owls he's no longer with the creed this is the first time really since he was found that he is kind of his own man hence the man um pelly of course and the um new ship thing uh it, but you know i i i think some of the the nuanced drops that she she made like hey dude i know it's it's not a razor crest and and by the way people does does everyone understand that the razor crest was the model name of his ship yeah that was not his name he for it, like or name his wife it. it's not plate. like
2: the millennium falcon you know, like, because no, there's not even that. people now, like, title.
1: there's even people now trying to get in on the, oh, what, are, what are they going to call the new N1? Uh, 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 they don't want to offend Razors anymore. So I'm sure they can't call it Razor. Uh, yo, <laughs> Razor Crest, the Razor is, the crest, type crest is the type of ship, just like the Slave One is called a Fire Spray and the Falcon is a Carillion freighter. All right. Like, come on with the fucking names. But it, if you're going to get pissy, at least know what you're talking about the razor quest razor crest was a model name it was not the ship's name it was even proven in here he's like yo you didn't find another razor crest what the fuck's wrong with you yeah. i don't want this piece of shit um but the, the way she was selling it it all makes sense right it, it's it's galactic republic era it has not been put into the database it's a perfect ship for someone like din Djarin. can't be tracked it, it, it can't be pinged he, he essentially is a ghost i yeah. mean he is in a ghost ship that it, it's been proven it, nothing can even catch it even before it jumps to hyperspace i mean i love when he, that was yeah, I, that yeah. was one of the best moments when yeah you know tiva's like hey man you sound familiar uh do, do you mind maybe me asking some questions and, and as din's looking at him his fingers flicking the switch and he just he's like feet don't feel me now and he's just like just disappears and that was
2: fantastic Tiva's Te- reaction was so great too because the guy's like should we go after him and he's like dude do you want to fucking sit there and like file all this bullshit like like no i don't want to have to deal with this bye like what did he do he didn't do anything yeah
1: and that's why i mean i hopefully down the road you know maybe they roll bo katan into it or something but i i would like that new the the rangers of the new republic I would like that series because I, I do think it would have included the Tevas, the Trapper Wolves, kind of the randos of of the New Republic and just seeing what they were getting into, because it I mean, it's kind of fun. They are, they're 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 kind of like highway patrolmen at this point in time. But, you know, what what else are they getting to in their day? Uh, but yeah, that, that was a fun scene. I love that stuff. But but everything with Pelly, you know, we, we don't need to talk much more about her. I, I'm 100 percent in agreement with Nick. She is an amazing character. I'm so glad that she has been created and that uh, Sedaris keeps coming back and bringing her to life. I mean, talk about just getting a fantastic role that probably doesn't require a ton of work, but you are now a legend within the Star Wars universe, at least to people like, like Nick and myself um you know her, her the date and the jawas and the furry yes. did you did you catch the moment where you know she's talking about dating a jawa and one of the jawas asks her out and she's like nah i'm I'm working on me right now <laughs> <laughs> it's just fantastic um, i wonder like do you think sedaris is going all script or do you think they let her riff a bit on set
2: uh, oh they let her riff for yeah, sure I, for sure They'll let her improvise and and stuff like that. Yeah, when when you have somebody like that, um, what yeah. what has she been in you before?
1: I mean, is she a is she a, a comedian? Amy, Amy is, is she from like is, a a comedic a comedic group or something, or she just has great timing and delivery?
2: I mean, she's pr- to, I mean, to my knowledge, she's like primarily a writer. Like she's okay. she's like a good comedy writer. Um, I'm trying to see like. I mean, she was in a ton of like Running with Scissors and stuff like that. I mean, let's I see. feel
1: like I feel like she could also be a, a, a. She feels like a character that could also be in Ted Lasso for some reason. I don't know. It's just the way she delivers her lines. She's got that that snark to her. Yeah, it's just it, it, it's brilliant. I mean, it even can make silly stuff like you know, dating a Jawa and then she throws in a really furry or when she not even speaking Jawa ease, but she goes like, (laughs) like squishes her face together and is mimicking them talking. It's yeah. She's brilliant. I don't know. I
2: mean like a lot of like character (laughs) acting, voice acting, stuff like that. She created, uh, and wrote the, um, strangers with candy series. She created and wrote, um, like some other stuff too at home with Amy Sedaris, which has been on for, which was on for three uh, years. So, so I mean, like, I just, mean, she's an
1: all around creative. Yeah, man, like, yeah, She just, so she is. She is like a. I mean, maybe I I align her with Lasso because of, of Sadekus, but Sadekus Sedaris, they 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 kind of got that the the same skill set, you know, writing, yeah. but also being able to deliver comedy just uh fantastically so there you go props is buying buying into my ted lasso comparison there's just something about her but really the reason this is in key moments it's not to just uh, idolize the great palimoto Uh, but she she was the one to at least (laughs) infuse a little bit of book of boba fett uh narrative into it when she casually explains like yeah man these fucking pikes they're they're taking over making things hard they're 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 running tatooine at this point in time, so you know boba's problem is is being felt by everyone on tatooine this this at this point so there was your your second loose connection to the book of boba fett in this episode of the book of boba fett yeah uh and then the obviously this tricked out n1 do you think we'll get a name for it or, or does Mando not name ships?
2: I don't know. It doesn't seem like he runs with names because I mean he, like you said, he was just calling the Razor Crest the Razor Crest. He didn't name it anything special. Yeah, he's, I
1: mean, yeah, like you grow up in a creed. You, you, there's probably no fun, no laughter, no nothing. So, yeah, he's like, oh, just give me a ship. Razor yeah. Crest.
0: Rah, rah, you know,
1: oh, I need to go get my bounty. He's just all angry all the time. And, like, this <laughs> is the way, this is the way, this is the way, this is the way. I mean, they, they remind me of, like, those people from Da Vinci Code, right? Yeah. They're, that order that, you know, would beat themselves with the cattails and whatnot. And, I mean, that that that's kind of the armorer's Mandalorian Yeah, Creed. Man, they're fucking... Psychos who are yeah, they're they're like what <laughs> zealots zealots something like yeah, that yeah, fanatics zealots, you name zealots, it yeah. but I mean zealots. just we got the ship up on the live stream if you're if you're looking if not you can check it up on the post but I mean look at that thing dude it the looks N1s, badass yeah it does I mean n ones are already cool looking but. I, I like that they scrubbed it down and, but still left some of the yellow in there. Mm-hmm. Very Mando ish, you know, uh, but you got like the hood scooped out with the bigger <laughs> engine. Yeah, I was gonna say the engine
2: uh, hanging over, like when he first turned it on, I was like, is this engine literally just going to pop right in front of you and just shoot off into the air? like but uh, it, it you gotta love so how they awesome. made
1: it shimmy and shake like a big american muscle car would yeah. i mean it's like it, you don't really see that and start i mean really the the falcons one of the only ships that would start sounding like a jalopy uh but but you know this one fired up kind of like when my neighbor fires up his his what 70s camaro whatever it's like i mean you can feel it within <laughs> the cul-de-sac and and i think that was kind of the same with mando's n1 but it's just it's badass i mean look at the it looks like you got better cannons on the front. You, you, there's some attachments under the engines. I don't know if there are more boosters or more weapons. Uh, the tail's been trimmed down a little bit to expose more of the rear engine. I don't know. It's just, it's fucking sweet. Yeah, it sounds sweet. It, looks it, awesome. it flies like a dream. And as much as Mando was kind of hating the idea, I think by the end with him saying Wizard that he is uh, 100%... Down with his new ship at this point in time, yeah definitely um, but also i I'm someone that even if this only comes out t v c or or one eighteenth scale i'm I'm grabbing one of these motherfuckers uh, it's just it's too cool and and already an iconic looking ship in star wars, and how about that i mean it, it's not even a week old, and I'm calling it iconic looking here uh and uh
2: yeah i mean the, the
1: last- deal. Yeah, the deal with Fennec at the end. I mean, that doesn't surprise me that he's like, hey, you know, this one's on the house. But this is where I want to get into a bit of of speculation now, Nick. So this, I I really feel like with the way this exchange goes down between Fennec and Din, that they have painted themselves in a hole for the remaining two episodes into where you have to address the reunion now. Like... Even if it's just a casual five-minute scene off-planet, we we you know, Din is already there and meeting Grogu. Uh, but unless the Book of Boba Fett is going to get a second season and the war extends into that, I don't know how you don't directly pick up Din reuniting with Grogu uh, over the next two episodes. What say you? I mean, I feel
2: like they could touch on that in season three. Uh, I don't think you need to end with it, especially if he is, like, like okay committing to like helping them i feel like it would be odd if it's like okay i'm going to help you and then well before i help you let me go drop off this set of chainmail real quick um it would have to come at the very very end if anything like he's he he like finishes off his duty to Finnick and Boba and then kind of hops a you know hops in the n1 and right. That's
1: that's the point. That's what I'm saying. He specifically says to Fennick, "Listen, I'll I'll help. It's on the house. But I have to go see someone first. So he he that's what I mean. They're, they've painted themselves into a corner yeah. here. I mean, Din has to have the reunion before he comes back to help in the war. So what I was saying if they choose not to show the reunion over the final two episodes of the book of boba then the book of boba has to get another season where the war is resolved or played out with din coming back so i do think tomorrow we're going to be seeing more of our guy probably and so. the little guy and potentially the guy in in luke or You know, I know this has been floated around. that If they do go to Maz's castle, which wouldn't be too far off of a stretch because maybe they could even throw in an Easter egg of how she ended up with the Skywalker family blade, finally. Uh, But if they head to the castle, if that's where he is going to find Grogu, think about the potential there for characters to show up outside of Luke, Grogu. You could have Chewie. You could have a casual Han spotting. Um, But yeah, it, it just, I don't know. It feels like they have to address this and there's a good chance we may be getting more Mandalorian in the book of Boba Fett as soon as episode six.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think it's like, like I would have preferred them to actually save that for the actual Mandalorian season three.
1: That's what I mean. It's, 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 they have to address it. They have to address it. And it's not like
2: they're making these decisions. It's not like they're, they they had multiple episodes of each you know, like multiple iterations of each episode built up because they're like, oh, no, the fans don't like it. We got to We got
1: to switch to Mando mode. They, like, they don't give just, a fuck about what we yeah, think. They, they, they really
2: mean, don't. So
1: people, it, th- this shit's been written years ago, yeah. filmed over a year ago. I mean, it was it was ending filming about this time last yeah. year. So, so surprising
2: they, that they actually decided, like, this is the avenue for this show.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't know, I, I could see episode 6, alright, we, we gotta deal with the Din stuff, but maybe the second half is the other part of Boba's army, maybe maybe folding in some of the big name bounty hunters, because Fennec didn't say that line in episode 4 to just go and get Din Djarin, uh, I mean, I, I think it, it opens potential, like I was saying last week on the solo cast, she could be hitting up the Assassins Guild. We could get Ochi of Bestoon. We could get the the bounty hunters from the Executor deck, right? The, the the Bosks, the Igs, you name it. Yeah. And and I'm thinking Episode Six is kind of the the final culmination of Boba rounding up the army, and then Seven is the big payoff, the the riding of the Rancor in the actual battle. Uh, now it will be interesting, like Props is saying in the in the stream chat here. Do Luke and Grogu come with Din to help? Would that be something they would want to help? Because in the end, it might be for a crime lord, but he's doing it to help the people of Tatooine yeah. and free them of the pikes or whatever. You know, is is Crimson Dawn still the the true players here? Yeah. Uh, so it's I Luke's guess there's that potential world, so. now. Yeah. There you go. You know, he may want to go back and check out the hovel. Right, uh, you know, this is before Ray's time, but uh, eventually she's gonna come in there and essentially break in and and squat in it like a bomb and and bury his dad and his mom's uh her dad and his sister's lightsaber there. So yeah, it would be interesting. I, I I do not think we have seen obviously not the last of the din, but it, I, I think we're going to get more just pure Mandalorian focus content in the book of Boba before it's all said and done based on how Fennec and uh, Mando and their conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, there's no way they can get around it outside of delaying the war and doing more build up, And then we get at the end, Hey, you know, what they used to do in Marvel, Boba Fett will return, that type of shit. And, yeah. And then we know we're getting a second season. But it, it, I think they, they're going to try to wrap this shit up, kind of get Boba to a, a good spot at the end, position Mando at the end for him to be able to leave and kind of go on his adventure and all that fun stuff. So yeah, it's episode six, prepare for more. Uh, of all the ha ho, ha ho, ho yeah the book of boba had to rely on mandalorian to become interesting takes which are just fucking ridiculous and like and the th- like for me
2: too like i would have been fine if he didn't show up in here like yeah is it the best episode yeah it's because it's the best made episode i don't think that the story in fact like the story itself was like okay there was like the 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 reason i liked it is cuz of all the cool shit that happened in it like, not necessarily because it was Mando or anything like that, um, but I think that they could have made the rest of the show without him being in it, and still, it would have been a good show. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: But, I mean, we, I mean, we, I, I believe you could probably go back to us recapping Season 2, Episode 8, and, and when we learned about the Book of Boba, I'm sure both of us were like, yeah, Din is going to be in it. He's been rumored to be in it all along. At, at one point, I thought Nick was spot on, like they'd only bring him back via flashback, and that's how we see them both, but no, that's not going to be the case. It is present timeline, and, and like I said at the opening, this is that the Mandoverse coming into fruition in full. This is what was promised to us after Mandalorian itself was a success, and Disney via John and Dave decided to expand upon this timeline with the Book of Boba, Ahsoka and the seemingly dead uh, rangers of the new republic that was set up pitched to the fan base of hey we are now gonna have a shared universe just like m-a-r-v-e-l without saying that part out loud we are gonna have crossover episodes we're gonna have a big fucking endgame like finale at some point in time So you need episodes like this to remind everyone like, hey, this ain't a Boba Fett silo. It's not a Mando silo. They're all living in the same timeline, interacting, crossing paths, pissing off the same groups, helping each other out. This is what we were promised. And I think it's fucking fantastic. If people are going to get bent because their Lord Boba isn't who he is in their head based on some bullshit comics they read back in 1984. Oh, well, get over it. We have a Boba Fett now. He is a real character. He has beliefs. He has motivations now. He has emotions. I love the book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett. That's my guy. I'm fully behind this character now outside of him just looking cool. All right? I've always been able to admit the guy looks cool as fuck. That's, and as George said when I read his comments to you last week, that's the only reason he was popular. He didn't earn his popularity through action. He earned it because he looked fucking cool yeah well now now that we know he's a person and has motivations let's see what happens now let's see what he starts to do all right i've been a fan of this of this series from episode one i'm still a fan after episode five even though it completely was devoid of tem and boba but it's all a plan you know the same people shitting on this series since episode one are the same people that would blow john and dave if they walked into their living room right now So they're idiots. Same people that wrote Mandalorian are writing the book of Boba Fett. Same fucking person. Okay? And it is a grand plan. It is not just Miller time, an episode, we resolve a plot point. All this shit. Ming Na told us, we told you three weeks ago wait till you get to the end to truly lay judgment because there's a good chance your perceptions will be completely changed because these guys and John mostly, I mean, John is the creator of this stuff. People Floney only gets a co-writer credit for this episode coming up, which also makes sense now that he's the one writing and directing. If we're going to get some Grogu and Luke actions, like if you're going to do that, you might as well put it in the hands of George Lucas Jr. Um, But just, just remember, all right, it's okay patience here it's not like after you watch captain america you're like oh fuck yeah you know hey i can see everything now yeah they're gonna get thing no it's a slow burn over a decade to get to that to the infinity wars and the end games with little little things sprinkled in them to remind us yeah this is all interconnected so i love what they're doing with the book of boba fett i see it as no slight to the main character i see it as all making sense for the big picture because that's what it is and guess what? When the Ahsoka series comes around, you may get some Mandalorian or even Boba Fett shit in that. Yeah. Don't get upset. That's part of the plan. As I've been saying in our Discord, trying to, you know, talk some people down. Trust in the process. This is John and Dave after all. This isn't Disney. This isn't Kathleen Kennedy. This isn't the fucking story group. This is John and Dave. And in particular, John Favreau. John Favreau is the guy that created the Mandalorian. He's the guy that came up with Grogu. He's the guy that came up with Din. Sure, Dave has been along for the ride to kind of vet and and enhance, but it's, it's the big guy that is writing this stuff. All right? Just keep that in the back of your gray matter the next time you want to get all upset. These aren't the... The devils and the people trying to piss on your childhood, the the enemies you all have created in your mind since Disney took over. These are the people we, we have been praising since 2019. So just remember that, all right? Okay so um yeah episode six any any further thoughts on what what you think we're going to see knowing that this is the Filoni co-written and directed episode I mean do we get like a a major like global Star Wars lore drop on our heads or is he the caretaker just to make sure like the Jedi and and Mandalorian beliefs stay within the bounds
2: I mean if This is literally, I mean, like this has to be the episode where he goes to see Grogu unless they do it to where it's like, okay, we're going to have like, now we're going to put in like a Boba centric episode and then episode seven is going to be like when Mando does his go off to see Grogu before the war and then it ends and then Mandalorian season three essentially picks up with him and, and Boba. the pikes on tattooing that's the only other way that i could see it going other than yeah i
1: mean that's kind of a play on what i said like they they, you know i took it as they would just give boba fett another season but yeah that that would work too and i i don't see that that's too big of a cliffhanger for the setup that they've been doing in book of boba fett i feel like this war at least the pike war which i still think is a trick it's it's a you know, it's it's kind of like some secondhand shit or sleight of hand shit. I, I do not think the Pikes are these these big badass crime syndicates that can take over a planet by themselves. So, yeah, uh, we very well could see Bob the Book of Boba Fett ending with him conquering the Pikes, but then learning at the very end that he's got much bigger problems because the Pikes were just a a pawn, uh, kind of a yeah, a, the pawns, a diversion for what's really happening in the galaxy, at least in the in the crime world scene, but. Uh, I I do think episode 6 is going to be heavy on Din again, but not completely devoid of Boba. I could see it being a 50-50 split. Let's get the reunion done. All right, let's see who else Fennec has mustered for Boba's army. And then episode 7, let's get to it. Yeah. Uh, All right, well, good stuff there. Let me just check my notes at the top. talked about Din's love, N1 doper than expected. Check. Grogu and Din, the next Mando-Jedi hybrid, check. Armorer, some wing of Death Watch, check. Mando going to Mas Kanata, rumor, check. And how Din is the true most popular Mandalorian in the fandom, check. All right, good stuff. Well, hopefully uh, some of you diehards or even casual listeners got a little more out of that breakdown, but that's what we do. So make sure to tune in or subscribe to the show by going to StarWarsTime.net and finding all of our platform links or our YouTube subscribe button. And don't forget, if you want to talk this shit and get into it, we have a Discord that's open and we have the publicly available never expiring link in our Instagram at Time Show. Just hit that bio link. And I have been having fun. I'll tell you what, uh, Thursday, these motherfuckers almost made me late to teach a class (laughs) because I was... After I did my round of, of you know, our, our top five shares, our features for the day, I fired up the Discord in our spoiler section, and I think it was Ted, Tones, Props was in there, and we were just being fans after we just watched that episode and had time to process it and just, just throwing out theories, ideas, and that's why I like the fandom. I pretty much hate the fandom for everything else that it stands for and the way it behaves, but getting in there with like-minded fans that uh, are interested in in my opinion and our opinion in the show and just kind of spitballing what we just watched in fresh star wars is always a good time so if you want to get it mixed up on that hit up the discord all right so we um i don't think we specifically mentioned her name once during the breakdown which is kind of a travesty Uh, i think nick threw it out there but we didn't really focus on it uh, so now we're going to dedicate a little bit of time to someone who is uh, really kind of coming to the forefront as a director that knows how to direct Star Wars shows, Yeah, live action shows at this point, give her a fucking movie. You know, her dad did one. I, I, I completely enjoy Solo, even though he didn't do it all, but he's the one that saved it and and got it in the theaters for us to see. But BDH, Bryce Dallas Howard really should be celebrated for her work in the Mandoverse to date. Uh, I, everyone at this point in time can probably call out her episodes by name. Uh, I know I can because I'm one of those losers, but I mean, she did The Sanctuary in episode one or season one. That's the one where uh, Din and Kara meet for the first time. She did the heiress in season two, which is where we got live action Bo-Katan for the first time. And now she got the return of the Mandalorian and yes, did an absolutely fantastic job. Uh, This, this woman has an eye for bringing star Wars to life. Yeah. So before I want to, you know, I know Nick has some words on her, Before we we continue to gush over Bryce Dallas Howard, this is one thing I still want everyone to remember. She did not write this episode. Her job was to read the script and screenplay and then bring that story to life. So while I I think fans forget that sometimes, uh, this is not like the sequel trilogy where the director's doing double duty, their only job is to bring the story to life. So when people are like, oh, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard finally made Boba Fett good. It's like, well, she didn't write the fucking episode. She's, John Favreau is still writing the shit. He's just having other people bring it to life. So, and this is no, this isn't me knocking her at all. Her skills are clear. She is one of the best, if not the best, at directing live action Star Wars TV programs. So don't get me wrong. But she's also not the ones in control of the story. She just brings the story to life, which is a skill in and of itself. Don't get me wrong. Directors are a key part of a production. I mean, they, they can sink a production as we've, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that any uh, Book of Boba episode has been a complete stinker, but the ones where fans have gotten the most opinionated are the ones that have been presented us through the lens of Robert Rodriguez's eye. And, you know, while he might hit on some, you know, some of the action sequences, some of the cuts, they just weren't good. They didn't look good. They didn't look appropriate. They looked a little cheap for a, you know, the budget that this series gets. Bryce, on the other hand, you don't have any of those complaints. Yeah. She nails every aspect of it. She gets the best performances out of the actors. She knows how to set up her, her DP. She, She knows how to you know get the most out of a scene which may be nothing on a script page, so she one hundred percent deserves the praise she's getting. I just want people to understand that she didn't make the story she just made it look great yeah Does that makes sense i mean here
2: here's here's a a good like comparison or like a good like visualization tool for you so in the script. You're, you're going along, blah, blah, blah. Bo- Boba Fett runs into a uh, 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 a young crew of, you know, of, of miscreants, blah, 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 and a chase ensues. So that's what the script says. And then what you get off of that is the chase scene that Robert filmed in the episode that everybody hated. So, and, you know, so that's what their job is. Like, it says in the script chase scene, and then they have to figure out, like, alright, well, what does this chase scene look like? Are the colors of the bike super bright, or are they not? Are they going 8 miles an hour, or 80 miles an hour? Like, that's what the director's job is, is to figure out what chase scene means in the script. Um, So, I mean, like, like likely, what happened was, like, hey, uh Paz Vizla and Din and fight was in the script, and then she comes up with the whole fucking fight scene. Like they, you know, she, she works with the choreographer. She sets up the, 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 the stage direction. She sets up the, you know, the, the set dressing and everything like that. And then the fight scene comes to life. Um, I think that so far she's proven herself to be either the best or top two in terms of the, the live action TV directors that we've had so far. Um, and I think it's because, I mean, she's got a pedigree. Like, she was kind of born in Hollywood, saw her father. Of course, of and, and 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 seeing this business evolve over her entire life. And then also, you can tell that she has a, a, an attachment to the source material. Um, you know, Robert, on the other hand, Robert is a guy who directs action. And obviously, he is, he's a big fan of Star Wars. But, it, you know, maybe he sees it a little bit differently than she does. And that's that's always what you see come out when when a new director takes over is you see things through the lens that they see it through and I think that just I mean like for my tastes I think that you know Bryce's lens is a little bit better than
1: Robert's lens yeah Um. for the, For this universe 100% I mean Robert clearly has a style I mean yeah. you can say what you want about spy kids and all that shit it looks janky but but people like it my, my kid's into that stuff I mean she's a And, you know, I question her sometimes and what, what I did to lead to this, but she's a fan of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, which is one of the most atrocious looking and and acted and shot everything movie. But, you know, you, you, you look at some of those projects and you look at what what he did in some of these episodes. You're like, yeah, that that's the same guy, which is sad considering what he did in, in the Mandalorian. But Hey, Uh, it is what it is Uh, but she i mean the the reason we're talking about bryce is because it's been reported uh, which shouldn't shock anybody but it's been reported that she's she's already coming back if not already working on the mandalorian season three directing an episode which we do know is in production Uh, it's been in production since the end of 21 uh, you can see Latif Crowder every day on Instagram rolling in. He he does his bomb dia, where he's got his little Mando you know gifs on his stories, and he's walking in to to do his work. So, speaking of Latif, I mean, is there is there a better role that a stunt person has ever gotten in all of Hollywood than what Latif has achieved with Din Djarin?
2: Yeah, I mean, this dude's basically like. It's not even he is stunt acting. Like, he's just, he yeah, he's just like the physical representation <laughs> of the, the Mandalorian.
1: Dude. I mean, I knew when you were here last week, I was like, you know, maybe, maybe we will get some Pedro, but, you know, clearly that was, that was out the window quickly. But also, in episode like, five.
2: Think about Pedro's job. Like, Pedro has the easiest job in the fucking world. Like, yeah. He's just like he's like sitting on his couch at home. Somebody <laughs> sends him the dailies for for Mando with Latif doing all the cool shit, and they're like, "All right, go sit in your closet and just say these lines." And he's like, right. "All right, cool, done. Here you go. Let me go back to filming The Last of Us for HBO now." Like that's well, a well, pretty well, I sweet just, I, just,
1: I just saw this from props. You're wrong. Props. Favreau has ultimate creative authority. He is the creator. A- a- Morrison himself proved this in an anecdote he, uh, I just read like a week or two ago. Sorry, I'm addressing a comment in the stream where props is saying Rodriguez has overall creative authority. No he- way. Uh-uh. Um, Timur Mor- Morrison was was kind of giving an anecdote about shooting. He's like, listen, I think Boba talks too much. And he told a story. He's like, one day Favreau had to leave and he went to Atlanta And that day, I guess, Tim was on set saying, let's not do all this talking for my part right now. And whoever was on set, they're like, "Okay, yeah, we'll we'll give John a call. And they called John and John's like, yeah, have him do the fucking lines. So, (laughs) yeah, no, John was just like, I don't
2: feel like working as much today. And John was like, you're paid to work, my friend. Yeah, no, I mean,
1: Favreau is the is the guy overall. Favreau is is the ultimate yes or no guy. Yeah, I mean Rodriguez was brought into executive produce. Bring it, you know. Um, but it, it's fab- just just look at the credits at the end of every episode. It doesn't say created by Robert Rodriguez. It doesn't say. Uh, produce it says Ex- executive producer Robert Rodriguez executive producer Dave Filoni created by Jon Favreau so I'm gonna call uh no dice on that one props um I believe y- you think Brendan Wayne does all the walking and Latif only does the fighting oh, but so, weird. Bre- Brendan's the one that's kind of got that that pimp pimp limp when when Mando walks I don't know Hey, just, I, weird, What do I you know. want me to tell you, pal? Fire up the credits and, and you tell me who is listed doing what. Robert, Robert Rodriguez didn't write the fucking series. He's not attributed for writing the series. He's given an executive producer credit. He might have been on set when all these people were doing things, but he, I, there's no way he has overall creative authority. No way. I mean, for fuck's sakes, Dave Filoni is the chief creative officer of Lucasfilm. So I mean that negates that right there. All right. I respectfully disagree with you, good sir. All right, so yeah. Um uh Bryce Dallas, yeah, you know all these people, get us more get us more leaks and shit. Come on. What are you doing over there? It's enough taking pictures of Devin. Get out there on those sets. I want some leaked imagery of Mando season three. Let's go. We need we need that cred boost again. Would We've you, been left in the dust.
2: Could you imagine how <laughs> cool it would have been to see the N1 Starfighter without fucking leaks? Like, honestly, leaks ruin all of Hollywood. But, yeah, continue. You know, it's cannabis. funny.
1: <laughs> you know, you weren't here last week, but uh, making Star Wars broke that in November 2020. And I, if you go back and read the report, he also talked about having these... Uh, not lived in universe Vespa scooters which now we know it is all for the book of Boba so yeah. yeah that would be nice but I don't think we can ever put that lid back on the internet has kind of ruined all that shit and uh, you know I'm a junkie and, and feel like having stuff to talk about so uh, I ru- I ruin all that stuff alright uh, so yeah Bryce is going to be coming back for the man though uh, yeah, coming no. here to uh, a direct movie. an episode Give yeah, a, I, I think so. Movie. I like, think so. You know, let, let's quit fucking around with these. What the hell's her name? Patty Jenkins and all these motherfuckers. This is a proven commodity at this point. Let yeah. it roll. Like you know, if John Favreau wants to write a movie, let him do it. If Dave Filoni wants to write a movie, let him do it. Why? Why are we worried about trying to find new blood for this shit? All right, if it if it if it ain't broken, don't try to fix it. Uh, but I, I I would be. I mean, how great would this be? it would almost be vindication for her father. What if she got to kind of take on bringing solo back either in a TV series or, or movie make
2: it fucking happen, man. Like look right. at, at this point I like, she's proven to me that she's able to write different styles of episodes. Because if you just look at the episodes that she's um, you know, that she's directed, they're not, it's not like they have like, Oh, it looks the same. It feels the same. <laughs> Stuff like that. Like, she, she did one where she's literally... Like, the first episode she did, she's in the middle of a village where everything's made out of fucking sticks and, and you know, it, it, it's like a native... Almost like a native village. And then, the next episode, you're mess Like, she's messing with one of the, the most revered animated characters of all time in in, uh, in uh, Bo-Katan. And then now, she is reintroducing the Mandalorian into the Book of Boba Fett and does arguably... One of the funniest episodes in this entire series, like in in, in this entire, like mixed universe between book Boba Fett and, yeah. and the Mandalorian. No, I, I mean,
1: I do credit that like the comedy can be written, but if it's, if it's not executed it and, and acted properly, it can fall flat. And, yeah. and like I said, I, I don't want anybody. If, if you tuned in late, which I doubt it, we only have a, you know, a few listeners, but. Bryce Dallas Howard is a goddess in the Star Wars universe in terms of how she's able to take someone else's creative vision and then put it on film. She's, she's proven herself three times in a row now. She does deserve any opportunity that comes her way. Um, but, it, but in the end, I mean, uh, you know, she is not writing the story. She's just helping to tell it in a much better fashion Visual. than even what we've got from the you know as as we you know I'm not saying Justin's wrong in calling him the showrunner but I I honestly think Rodriguez was ultimately neutered on set I mean it sounds like Favreau was there every day sitting in a chair watching stuff and and I really don't think Robert did much outside of EPing, getting stuff ready lining up people working with his teams you know I I've been told from my stunt buddy that uh, there was a lot of turnover between Mando and Book of Boba in the stunt department. It's like Robert wanted to kind of use his people. And I think Latif and, and Brendan were the only ones retained. I mean, hell, I even looked to make sure, um, but Justin's girl, Lauren Mary Kim, was not the double of the armor in the Book of Boba Fett. And she was in the Mandalorian. They brought in uh, some other girl to do this one. So, um, all right. I, I get distracted by the chat sometimes. Anyone that's worried about Obi-Wan getting ruined, these are these fuck faces that we need to stop giving attention to. All right? I don't even know. Like, how, how does that even make its way into conversation? I don't conversation know. Probably, right probably because there, there's going to be a, a a brown guy in it in in kumal nanjiani i mean th- this is the way people fucking think in, in this day and age they've always thought this way it's just something happened in this country a few years ago where it became now socially acceptable acceptable to be an open racist troll fuck fuck them
2: i just like I, I don't know like i don't even know how we how we got to kenobi it, like it, kenobi is not even like being talked about
1: i don't I, I, I like I don't it though i like I, I do like the prompt sometimes and he, he's not wrong he, 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 you know nick I, I know this bummed you out the last time you're on the show and, and we've come to the realization that the, the fandom is a hundred percent broken it, it's fucking busted and, and we need to just like in more important shit in life we, we need to stop shedding light and giving these assholes further reach and platform there's no fucking way they're going to there is no way Kenobi ruins anything. Like, no I, way.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to talk about it because it's a nonsensical debate. Um, anyway,
1: that's it. Hey, again, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you continue on, Nick. Yeah. If you're on Star Wars sets props and you're not giving us fucking leads, like, what are you doing? <laughs> let's go. Let, let, let's quit worrying about the definition of showrunner. If you're on these sets, hook us up. We won't use your name, okay? <laughs> All right. So, uh, up next, just a real quick toy thing here. We we haven't had a lot of toy things to talk about, and I think that's mostly because I've I think I'm fully cured of my um, unhinged obsession with collecting every Black Series fucking figure out there, and this, that, and the other thing. It does seem like I have been kind of just funneled into the one six silo at this point in my collecting life which is okay Uh, I didn't give two shits about the the one o'clock exclusive Walmart stick your thumb up your butt you might get it uh, Boba Fett sale today didn't give a a single thought and that's good I'm glad to have broken myself from that because when I walk through this basement as I'm slowly starting to organize it you know I put out my video a few weeks back showing you how much shit I really do have and how much shit truly is just thrown into piles of said shit. But I'm like, Jesus, dude, you went crazy. Like I went insane from 2016 until 2020, little bit there in 21, just buying any damn thing that was announced from Black Series. So fuck it. That's why a lot of the toy segments have gone away. But we did get the first look at the Hot Toys 1-6 scale Costco Reeves and Axe Woves. It's kind of my thing now. I don't know, man. I know you don't collect this shit, but that Costka figure is looking pretty slick based on the glamour shots. Uh, if anything, if you're a fan of uh, Sasha Banks, <laughs> this could be the closest you'll ever get to owning a, a uh, scaled-down replica of her. Okay? So... Uh, but she looks good. They're out there now. She is getting pricey. I mean, it seems these days if a hot toy gets both a face and a hollowed-out helmet that can crack if it falls off a table, y- y- you're, you're paying 270 plus. So she's up there. But based on the fact that I already have Fennec and Bo in the pre-order queue, I do believe I'm going to have to take the dive on Casca just to complete this glamour shot we can see on the stream right now of the two owls and fennec getting shit done mm-hmm. in the last episode of Mando season two yeah uh out now for pre-order and then the other one axe doesn't get a face i guess no face which is curious yeah i i don't know what's going on here i, I don't know if it's like that simon whatever the hell isn't cas or Kasparitas or casanitas I don't know if he's done something stupid and he's not coming back. But, yeah, Axe Woves does not get a face sculpt, which is, like Nick said, it is curious. And he did, you know, he 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 was only in that one episode. Koska got, you know, double billing. And they explained, like, oh, yeah, Axe is on a mission, which usually means, hey, we fired the fucking actor. And uh, we're going to recast and probably never take his helmet off again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Axe Woves, I mean, he, he looks all right. But I I don't know. I'm not really feeling the pull on this one. Any of you other 1-6ers, if you're in the chat, if 1-6 shooters still in here, what, what are your thoughts? Is Axe Woves, I mean, do you have to get it if you've been collecting most of the other Mandos? Or because it's no face sculpt, it, it's a pass. Uh, I'm currently in the pass stage. But with all things Hot Toys, I mean, how shitty can one truly really look? It, it's still a good-looking figure. It's just, do I need it to scratch my odd collecting OCD of, of having waves or, or sets of characters that should be together. I I don't know. That is an answer to be made. Down the line, hopefully one of those dickheads send me a $25 coupon to not even cover the shipping costs of yeah. these damn near now $300 figures. <laughs> here, here you go, man.
2: 25 yeah. bucks. Isn't it enough? It'll pull you in, The funny thing right? is, it fucking works all they the time. I
1: believe our buddy Bat just got suckered in the, his first Hot Toys, on one of those $25 deals, which it really is. It's like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll cover your non-refundable deposit with a coupon. Like, all right, thanks. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, that was such a big help. So oh, yeah, yeah I, I I do still appreciate the one six scale, and uh, I I think Casca is going to be coming to the collection for reasons uh, I just laid out. Yeah, no, it looks great. It looks like a great figure. Um, now, I'll tell you what, when you when you actually do start cleaning these fucks up and putting them in their shelves, they are pieces that can be appreciated just looking at it without having to take fucking pictures of them. I, I'm also almost getting to that point where. I think a lot of us that were, are in toy photography, you form a bit of a, a guilt complex. Like <laughs> if I'm buying all this shit, especially if I have a family and kids and they need to eat and have nice things, maybe I should do something more than just unbox it, touch it a bit, talk to it, and then put it into a glass <laughs> put shelf. <it> all right so uh this now takes us to the infamous some call it iconic star wars time show fan segment that's right it's always a two-pronged affair if you want to get involved your best route to do so is through our instagram account at star wars time show on ig we start with the question of the week which is prompted every tuesday morning in our stories and in a post which we will then scan through any provided comments to read and sometimes discuss, if not make fun of them on the show. After that is our biggest segment, what we're known for in the toy collecting and photography community. That is the top five Star Wars fan artist features in which my good friend Nick sits down on a Monday night with a hot toddy and picks out his five favorite shots from the week of... Uh, shots that I featured, who have tagged at Star Wars Time Show and used hashtag Star Wars Time Show. So, without further ado, my friend, let's get into the question of the week. Indeed, which has been easy but fruitful. I <laughs> mean, uh, like I said, if if you allow people to be negative. In Star Wars, they typically take advantage of it, which generates they come out of their it,
2: their, their their basements. They come out of their caves and and they lay it's it. It's crazy,
1: out. man. I, I've been I've even been throwing up some memes that I don't necessarily agree with that are making fun of Book of Boba Fett, but fuck it. We we've gotten more interaction on our on our page over the past week and a half now that I've I've kind of used a resource that I mean, let's be real. Tones is our die hard meme finder. The guy is a pro. But there's others in there. I mean, I think Bat's thrown some in. Ted. This is the fun of the Discord. Find it. But it's the memes I've put at that have been like kind of no context jabs at Book of Boba. People eat it up because it gives them a chance to be like, yeah, fuck this, fuck this shit. Boba Fett. Ugh. He wasn't even in the last episode. So, hey, I, I know what I'm doing. But I I feel so bad. I believe on one. I'm like, listen, we, we love the show, but... This meme is, you know, it's, it's, it's funny enough to share. So anyways, question of the week. What was your favorite or least favorite part from the Book of Boba episode five, the one with the other guy? All right.
2: All right. First up, uh, who, who is this person here? I'll,
1: I'll, I'll take this one because I know I, I always fuck up the story. So you never know who it is. But uh, it, I believe this comes from Rogue ranger so thank you rogue ranger for reaching out i believe this is a customizer in the community but rogue ranger says gotta say watching mando actually cut some poor soul in half was a welcome surprise we haven't seen that kind of violence in either show thus far and it seems like disney has been squeamish about what lightsabers actually do until now also how can we forget about that sleek-looking N1 starfighter? Love that it's been mostly stripped of its original paint; gives it a more rogue feeling. Right. Cool. I, I will
2: disagree- I'll disagree with them about Disney being squeamish about what lightsabers do, considering they cut a whole human in half in uh, in Last Jedi, and some of the Praetorian guards were literally had their heads cut like bisected so oh yeah yeah and the
1: one guy <laughs> he, he pulled the luke skywalker in the hovel but actually ignited the lightsaber into his eyeball right yeah when, so <laughs> when kylo catches it and does a chi- chi.
2: yeah i'm not i won't say that part but yeah overall i'll agree well with
1: nick that. I, I guess my only excuse for rogue ranger is you know some people and and how they feel about the sequels they may be in a similar mourning period like i was after the prequels all aired where you just kind of pretend they don't exist and you don't account for them anymore so that i guess that's the excuse on i
2: can't i can't tell you how many times i've seen like articles from just people who are like delusional that says like john and dave are erasing the sequel trilogy i'm like dude just you're
1: so no, they're dumb. not. They're 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 actually trying to add to it, so those all the goofy writing that went down, and it makes a bit more yeah, sense. Kind of, kind like
2: fill <laughs> in <at> the gaps. <laughs> that,
1: that, that's one of the best memes I've seen. I think Tone shared it, but it's it's not even a meme. I think it's someone just left a comment under the scene where Poe says Palpatine has returned. <laughs> How that happened? Or like, no, somehow Palpatine has returned. The comment is just remember someone got paid millions of dollars to write this write that, line. That, that 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 probably went to film school and you Chris know all Terrio you got paid yeah, millions all of you writers are it. out there struggling trying to write like this deep shit for screenplays yet this guy's getting paid mills to write that crap yeah <laughs> somehow palpatine's returned Ooh. that's a
2: dub that's a dub line right there
1: all right next
2: up for the question of the week is tones our good buddy he gave us a a. uh Uh, well thought out response. He says, well, I don't see how anyone didn't like that episode. If they did get the fuck off the bus and go find another franchise to cry over. There you go. That was absolutely outstanding. Star Wars light and not too heavy and left me really wanting more. So much good stuff in that episode. Adam, my eldest kid phoned me halfway through it and asked what I was up to. I said that we were halfway through Mando to which he corrected me. (laughs) See, even Tones thought it was Mando, not Book of Boba. That episode has more watchability than anything I've seen since Rogue One. I've seen people complaining that it was a nostalgia trip and nothing else. Get the fuck out. I absolutely adored every egg and nod that BDH threw at us. Uh, The Terminator nod during the Night of a Thousand Tears with the K2s. Odd to think that it uh, it was the best uh, The Book of Boba Fett episode that never had Boba Fett actually in it. Oh, and love to see Hamill stand in as the X-wing. The uh, see this Hamill stand in as the X-wing pilot. Love that. Damn, it's a golden time to be a true Star Wars fan. Absolutely exceptional. Uh, oh, I'll agree on that. And uh, I don't blame you, tones, for for thinking that you were watching The Mandalorian uh, because it pretty much was. <laughs>
1: yeah that that was the easy joke that everyone immediately yeah. went to and the other thing I've noticed and you know you won't see this but I'll tell you what if you're in the toy photography community you better plan on watching these episodes right away because there seems to be zero adherence to spoiler policies anymore for uh, live action TV shows because I dude when I was going through the hashtags later on on Wednesday and I'm talking later on maybe ten am because I got up at four last week to get all that shit done before work. Already direct scene recreations from that yeah. episode, like one like big one. stuff.
2: One of them made it into the top five for sure. So we'll yeah, see I, but I, I think
1: I waited until Sunday to, to, to start share that. I, I at least give it three days. Or when I mean, let's be real. Even the official Star Wars and Mandalorian uh, social accounts, they wait like maybe forty eight hours and they're like, "Hey, he's back!" And they show him walking through yeah. the the meat locker uh, strips and all. That. It's like, okay, well, I guess guess no one gives a fuck Dude, anymore they're, they're like hey it's streaming you can watch it whenever you want get it get yeah. it watch it quick
2: yeah they they probably look at their analytics and they're like 85 percent of the people who watch the episode watch it within the first two days so we don't yeah. give a fuck about the other 15 um all right next up question of the week Two seven nine seven underscore studio says lots of cool stuff in that mando episode i like the whole dark series mandalore stuff Seeing the Night of a Thousand Tears, the Cautionary Tale of Bo Katan, seeing Mando struggle with the Darksaber, all of the armor stuff basically, but what a fun episode. Not an episode of the Mando, though. I've been dealing with it
1: all week. Correct. I finally have just given up. It's I fine. Know,
2: right? I mean, that's what I mean, it basically was just a episode of The Mandalorian. Of course. Anyway. Yeah,
1: like I said, it, it's the it's the easy joke, whatever.
2: Yeah. Uh Camino Clone Trooper underscore customs says, I loved everything about this episode. The only gripe I have uh, that I have is that I feel like Mando just took the spotlight from deal Boba with now all week <laughs> yeah. going
1: on socials that you get to avoid Dude,
2: Boba better be more serious and badass in the next few episodes or I'm really just gonna lose the hype feeling of seeing the Boba character I mean I, I guess I get it but you I mean like they're two different types of characters um, well,
1: it, it's, it's like I said I mean everyone he, he was a false god to a lot of people and also like they went-
2: Boba Fett's an old ass fucking man like, and well, Din is probably in his he, he, He's only like, right? I
1: mean, dude, Boba's only supposed to be like 40 in the present time. Yeah, line. I guess so, right? Because how, like,
2: did we ever get
1: like a. No, like not an, here, like I'll step you through age? it. I'll step you through it. He was 10 in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Okay. So 13 by the fall of the Republic. You add 18 to that to get him up to a new hope. That 31. puts him at what? 31. Yeah. And then a new hope, Six. the Jedi. What, six three, years. four years, maybe? I think it's six. All right. Even uh, then, he's in his mid-30s, so he he's about 40 45 in the present so. timeline. Yeah, Not six. even. I mean, he well, would have been 30, 35, 36 at yeah. the end of Jedi, and then we add the six years in between Jedi and Mando timeline, and there we go, 41, 42. So yeah. him and Din, honestly, are probably the same age because Din looked like about 10 when Death Watch picked him up during the Clone Wars.
2: Yeah, well, That's just. I mean, go. it,
1: it goes back to your initial gripe, like you know, Tim. They might have should have de-aged him a bit more than they did, but hey, he's That's, a sexy ass looking. Uh, what is he, Mao, Maorian? So I'm not going to talk any shit on Mr. Morrison.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, all right, and then Mix Bricks Minifigs says my favorite part: Din Jarn showing up. My least favorite part: Oh my god, Din taking the taking like up this. the whole episode <laughs> with no Boba to be seen
1: in a show about oh. Boba. Fett. So there you go. Everybody loved it, except they hated it because Boba Fett wasn't in it. <laughs> I'm with Devin, who just said, I'm so tired of hearing that shit over and over. L-M-A-O. I'm with you, man. It's like, geez. Look, when. Sh- just people, shared universe. Like, okay, it's named the book of Boba Fett. But look, what, what happened to the show called The Mandalorian? What did it turn into? The, the, the Grogu and company. So. Yeah. Let's be real. I mean, just because a show is called something in a shared universe doesn't mean that that the the, the 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 titular character has to be in every damn scene of that show. It's okay. He'll be back. I'd be surprised if they if they did another full Din episode. But I, I do think tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this after you may have seen it, I'm not gonna be surprised if it's a fifty-fifty or sixty-forty split again though in episode six.
2: Very true. Yeah. So. Uh, Thank you all for the responses to this week's question. Stay tuned. On uh, Tuesdays in the morning, Matt posts a question of the week. That's right. Find it on the IG. Go post your thoughts. Everything that you really hated about it. Because we know... (laughs) that's what people like to write about Dude, I'm tell you, even
1: <laughs> after this the question of the week is it, there is gonna it is going to be hate-based questions because it just works we get way more yeah. way more comments way more you know color in in the opinion so fuck it from here on, so th- my question is gonna be like what do you hate about star wars this week go and just Dude, let you know them know your grievances
2: you know what i was looking for i was like spe- like in you know like i scrolled down a bit and like not one person mentioned Pally and I was like, are you fucking kidding? Like she was the best part of that whole episode. Like it wasn't even close either. Like her and the droids, shit like Like that. Like they, they only like to, they only like the things that they don't like.
1: (laughs) The flashy stuff. It just, and that's, I've never been a star Wars fan that has only liked it because of flying spaceships, lasers and lightsabers. It's always been the characters what, what drives them what happened to them in the past to make them who they are now I mean that's why when I was a teen in high school I had such a hard-on for the prequels and what that could give me I mean Vader's always been my number one so learning like holy shit I'm finally going to see like how he went from Anakin to Vader now it didn't play out the way I want and I kind of acted like a lot of people are now when I wrote the script in my head and if it didn't meet that it automatically sucked which you know is not that fair of a treatment but whatever i've 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 grown i have gotten older uh, i i've softened on the prequels we we've just completed our our rewatch of 1 through 6 this past weekend and my kid has once again told me like you know what that i i think i only like return of the jedi now that's my favorite i don't and the other ones are like hey eh, whatever it's like damn man you used to watch empire strikes back at least four times a week but hey People change, and, and my kid is definitely not the junkie she used to be with, <laughs> with, with Empire and A New Hope. She's, a, she's an ROTJ fan for life, just like her old man, so I guess I can't be too upset. Nice. But yeah, it, it's story, man. Star Wars is story to me, all the other stuff, whatever. As long as we got character building and world building going on, which I believe every episode of the Mandoverse shows have given us so far, I'm good. Yeah. Good go.
2: And as long as the speeders aren't too colored brightly that's, or that's and, the one.
1: <laughs> and drive, like they're going through, yeah. you know, quicksand. Yeah, I, I, All, right.
2: All right. That's the end of the question of the week for this week. It's time to move <clears> into, <throat> into the top five star Wars fan artist features of the week to get involved in this one. Tag us using at star Wars time show or hashtag star Wars time show on your star Wars art posts. We will see those Matt. will see those he pick out his favorites, and then yeah, from and, his and, and favorites, and Matt will
1: also get to go into our messages section and God, tap on them all day long, just so I don't see notifications. And if I do miss an actual message, that's why. That's probably Instagram good. has made it impossible to use its DM system as actual direct messages with whoever fucking thought of this. I don't. It's like it happened when they changed to Meta. They should be fucking shot. All right, oh. I said it. Th- this what what designer sits around and goes or developer goes yeah this will be a good idea anytime an account gets tagged we'll also send them a direct message that they got tagged even though we already have a fucking built-in section in your profile for tags that also gets a little red number on it no let's make them direct messages so assholes with even small accounts to get tagged a lot have to go through throughout the day and tap on them so they don't have like 150 to do the next day it's mind-boggling that that shit got signed off on, like, and it's not fixed yet. I'm not the only one. I, I think I was one of the first to bitch about it, but I've seen it, it's caught on. Other people have, have understood that this is brain dead. All right, man. Top five. <laughs> Who do we got here first? Let's go. First, I think it's one of uh, our longest-time fans in.
2: Yeah, in the SWT, it hurts. Figure fucking hurts. And what, I mean, you put it pretty well on the, uh, on the caption here, you savage setup. So what we see is, is Bosk, the Trandoshan bounty hunter and right next to him are, are, are pikes with the heads he's slain on it. Um, so you see Wookie heads on pikes. You got Bosk off to the side, just shooting his gun, <laughs> like a fucking crazy gangster. And I mean, it, it is, it's a savage setup. I love the, the, like the purple atmosphere, smoke in the background the 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 posing by by Bosk is fucking perfect. The way he's got like the pikes in there, like all crossing each other. The 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 guts, the spines of the fucking uh, of the uh, Wookies hanging off their their necks. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, stuff.
1: there's some there's some chunky shit hanging out. Yeah, it's you know when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, this, this kind of reminds me of the. The uh, warning to stormtroopers yeah. from Mos Eisley. But, it, you know, as Nick said, figure hurts, took it a different direction, did the whole play on a uh, Trandoshan and, and Wookiees and why they hate each other. Why that scene with a uh, Cursitan uh, was so much fun <laughs> when he's just looking at those, uh, those Trandoshans, tra- Trandoshans and they're you know? gambling and you can just tell, he's like, you know what? Fuck but these now guys. Now I'm going to kill them. <laughs> I'm going to go rip one of their <laughs> yeah. arms off. So <laughs> he was yeah. like, should I do it? Like, um, good stuff here. I'm
2: going to kill them all um all right so beautiful stuff at figure hurts on instagram go give him a follow he's a good one next up it's sir dork at so uh, here it <laughs> is right here here we it's fucking it's love sir it. dork 730 on the ig i mean this one i like i've i've said it many times i always love when people take star wars toys specifically into the real world and like
1: Make it happen. Yeah, they toy yeah. story them a and little the, bit. Get a little toy story. This reactions. is fantastic
2: stuff. So Sir Dork has his <laughs> cat there and he's got two storms. Lovely looking I the Very, feline, very pretty, pretty Love cat. That very cat. pretty cat. Um, but he's got the two uh stormtroopers set up, like they're trying to fire at this cat. It's like, oh no, <laughs> the cat rancor is about to fucking kill us all. And like yeah. the way that he got his cat to pose is like perfect. Like the claw is up. Like, you know, their paws up to get the the nails coming out like towards the swipe. Uh like it's, it's great. It's fantastic. So I wonder if like if Dork just got like Jared got this shot of the cat and then just like posted in the the stormtroopers. But if he actually got the cat to do that to the stormtroopers and caught this perfectly in frame, I mean that's just he fucking did. amazing.
1: Like he did I'm sure tr- I think it's in a I don't know if it was in the post or in a reel, but he he showed us. Uh, here we go. I got it on the stream now, Nick. Or I, you can just go to. Yeah, his I post. got.
2: Okay, I'm looking at it now.
1: It's like a time lapse he set up, and you can see. I mean, he he's trying to get his subject in there <laughs> to do what he wants. He's just so kind of he, like he was moving trying her one cat like, first. <laughs> yeah, he got one cat first. Now he's getting the other one. And he's like, all right, motherfucker, pointing his. Oh, then knocks the damn fingers <laughs> over the lights over. Oh life. my god. <laughs> 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 Let's just say Haywood Pop would never have the patience to do a shot like this because I I would probably snap one of the cat's necks, uh, you know, after they knocked him over for the 50th time. But you can see Jared's in there. He's like, you know, he's trying to get his water ready to spray and he's pointing like, look here, look here, point here, point here. (laughs) And it it looks like he eventually gets the black and white cat to to, uh, pop up. But he is telling us now he did cheat ultimately in Photoshop. Hey, man. Uh, either way, who, who gives yeah, my- a shit? And it is. It's funny, Nick. This this is Jared's most liked shot of all really? time. Wow. Yep. I think it hit ten thousand. Jared, correct 11, me if I'm 000. wrong. Within twenty four hours, but but I think within within a day it hit ten thousand. So like this thing, even went beyond his usual large yeah. reach. So it, it was a winner. I mean, it's just, I love cats. Fucking love them. And I also love Star Wars, so marrying them and, and just setting up like this, again, a, a toys-to-life and real-life shot, that's why he's the Sir yeah. Dork, you know? I mean, that's why he's the guy being asked to uh, kind of head the first-ever toy photography con. That's why he's a guy that's partnered with that company that people essentially pay to go on a trip with him and learn about toy photography i mean jared is one of the biggest ambassadors in the entire community at this point yeah know. and it's for stuff like this i mean he he always has good ideas but then he can execute and really what has made jared i think have the legs and just the following he has i mean he he's like a rock star uh we need him to bring more of his flock over to Star Wars Time show but we we'll, we'll talk about that off off air jared uh but he he shares everything uh, he interacts with the community on a weekly basis he does his own live streams he puts out the tutorials he doesn't hide any of his tricks so i mean that that's why he he gets what he gets but that's our guy uh our i believe our first ever guest I think, first yes, ever he co-host was, he was, yeah he will forever Hold a special place in the annals or annals of Star Wars time show history. You go. All
2: right. Beautiful shot at SirDork730. You know him. You love him. You probably already follow him. Uh, Next up, this is the scene recreation shot that I was talking about. This is from at toy.cap on Instagram. And it's the shot of the end of the battle where uh, Din Jarin has. Has Vizsla subdued in his arms vibro blade to his neck right before the armorer calls it all off, says, Hey, it's over. You beat him. He gets to keep the dark saber.
1: I still think that's bullshit. He should have just, just slid a stone. I'm telling you, He's she, she's like, him. I
2: only got three. I can't let him yeah. kill one. Cause then it's just going to be me. Time out.
1: Time out. She's like, time out, time out. Cars coming, yeah. cars coming. Time out. Game
2: on. All right. But this one, I mean, it's great. Great atmospheric work in the background. Um, there's definitely like some color
1: filtering here. Cause I don't think that Paz's armor yeah, is that no, I, dark. Um, I, that's, I mean, Nick, that's what stood out to me. was just the, uh, the color yeah. grading that toy cap did on it. I, I really like the finish here, uh, put on in, in, post. And, and this is one I believe I shared it Sunday and, and trust me, there are a, a ton of fantastic recreations, but for, for the star Wars time show and the fact that, you know, we're not complete dickheads. I've kind of made it a policy. I'm not going to instant share on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday scene recreations of the most current episode <laughs> yeah. of a Star Wars. It's probably Wars show. good etiquette. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, come on. I mean, it, it, I understand everyone's excited and we got the toys and we want to show people that we can recreate scenes, but need a little more, uh, you know, a little more patience. Yeah moving forward but it ain't gonna happen i can guarantee Couple you days, whatever big happens on wednesday is going to be out there probably by 10 a.m eastern time on instagram so watch out people like i said watch I out so.
2: all right so at uh toy.cap on instagram beautiful work yep. very, good stuff. Good yeah very tough yeah
1: to make Paz kind of look yeah, like, like, like that like, defeated yeah, his look his head it, kind of tilted good off is
2: good posing good atmosphere <laughs> all around top not work top notch work At toy.cap on Instagram. Next up, this is a real ass paint right here. And you can tell it is because our fans hate it and then only has 88 likes, even though this is a fantastic rendition of uh, Duchess Satine and and Obi-Wan Kenobi from (laughs) Clone Wars. And this is from uh, at nerdy fairy Sarah. And I mean, you get so many. Good handle. And it's just like the. the the artistic vision that you use to bring this to life and and you still keep that clone war style look to it where it's very angular, but there's like different, like obviously different work done, you know, with 3d modeling versus somebody actually drawing this by hand or, you know, in a, in a program. And I don't know the emotion captured in, in this image is just stunning. I love it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I'm I, I've given up trying to explain how these art art magicians pull this shit off and how it comes out of their fingers, either on you know traditional ink or using digital. It's never going to make sense to me, but that's why I am called the uncreative. I think that should be my change name. Your
0: That's IG I'm going to change handle. my handle
1: to the un yeah the uncreative <laughs> because I just don't I don't have it. I don't have it any anywhere really. I mean, if I have anything, I'm, I'm I'm good at talking more than I need to about fake science fiction properties. Hey, that's, that's about it.
2: That's art, right? Podcasting. And is I, art. you know
1: what? I, I I can troubleshoot machines like a motherfucker too. Like like computers, stereos, TVs. I can like I speak machine. Outside of that, I'm a, I'm a zero. So I think the uncreative is definitely <laughs> uh, a, a good could, new moniker yeah. for me. But that can't be said for at nerdy fairy Sarah. Uh, A smaller account, but great art nonetheless. I I do have to tell Nick because I'm sure he missed it. But you know, I know you you were possibly holding out for this just in case. You know, God forbid anything ever happened with you and Taylor. But our buddy and one of our favorite real ass painters at Savvy Art is now engaged. I was like, Where is this going? She's off the market. Where is this going? Yeah, she's off the market. You can you can give up on that quest. (laughs) Quit pining for it. She is, she has been, well, um, and, and congrats congratulations to because, uh, <laughs> The savvy. But, uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've, I, I don't see a lot of art anymore, sadly, because I mean, obviously I, outside of Devon, I don't think many of the real ass painters listen to us regularly. So they forget to do the tagging, but IG really is constructed in a way now. Like if, 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 if you don't get on our page for like a week straight, so I'm at least hitting like. You disappear, like you just don't exist. I, I I don't see venomous shit anymore, and I I guarantee he's putting out some fucking bangers. Oh, yeah. uh, we see our boy super scoundrel because he knows the deal. I don't see uh what's that Uzu Art or Azuri. Uzu Art hardly yeah. see any of her stuff. Jake Bartok, I don't see any of his shit. So um, luckily, Devin has kind of been doing personal shares of other artists, and I I, I am trying. I, I'm kind of leaning on our wrench at this point for some features to get some more real ass paint into the mix. Cause I do love it. I mean, it's the toy photography is great, but I've, I've, I've been a fan of star Wars artwork and fan art way before I even knew to, toy photography existed. So if you're, if you're hearing this and you are a real ass artist, that's what our dumb ass is called artists or real ass painters. Same thing. Make sure to at least try to remember that hashtag star Wars time show. Yeah. For sure.
2: All right. Last All right. up in the top five this week, this is at Kilcutter Photo, and this is a fantastic mashup between the alien Predator universe and the Star Wars universe. And what we see is Mr. Maul holding the severed head of a Predator <laughs> While aliens, I don't know if they're like running away from him or no, he has them chained. He He's treating aliens, the xenomorphs, yes. as as like <laughs> yeah. his personal like guard his, dogs or something like that.
1: Yeah, they're, they're like his beagles yeah. or, or hunting, hunting dogs.
2: I mean, this is some fantastic work like the I don't know what it's he awesome. used. like the setting that he has this in. It's fantastic.
1: I think it looks like Dathomir in a way like it kind of look, but it's not as red. You know what I just noticed, dude, that the structure behind them, that's a Mandalorian starfighter. I, I forget the model name for some reason right now, but that's a, a Mando okay. shit. You yeah. know how they land oh, and, yeah, and they point, point their wings up? up.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, this is just fucking fantastic work. So he's using his hunting xenomorphs to go sniff out a predator, <laughs> and then he, he takes on the predator in, in combat and... I can cut his head off and he's got like the, the goo, like the blood oh, <laughs> down yeah. the neck
1: yeah. of the predator. I it's mean, green.
2: this is just some brutal shit from Ad kill cutter photo, but it was such an awesome job. Had to put it in the top five. Absolutely. Fantastic.
1: Well, I mean, that, that's why I said, I think it was like two or three weeks ago. I mean, kill cutter got a full yes. feature on Gizmodo and io nine. I mean, uh, like uh, one writer over there obviously took note. I'm going to say they looked at star Wars time show page and found it. Cause I'm an asshole. But they took note and featured a lot of of Kill Cutter photos pieces and and they are. I mean this guy, another one that, that just has that creativity, but then the ability to execute the vision in his head, which, you know, I I don't have it. I don't really give a shit anymore. I'm I'm good with just doing static portrait shots here and there and. Sl- I've actually Nick, I've actually been sharing shots again on Haywood Pop. Believe it or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kill Cutter, come on. Definitely one of the, one of the top artists in the game, in the toy photography game. And and one of the best at using uh, multiple assets, layers, and Photoshop to create a, a bitchin' looking scene like the one we're, we're checking out right 100%, now. 100%.
2: So at Kill Cutter Photo closes out the top five for this week with an absolute banger of a shot. Yeah, I'm sorry. And that's it. That's the end of the top five. That's the end of the show for right. this week. So so Matt, close us out and uh let's I, let's I look will. forward to the next home. episode of the Mandalorian I mean the the book of Boba Fett, right? Right, right. There, there we go.
1: go. Don't worry. I even did the joke in, in the well, the announcer did the joke today in the lead, so I am I'm, we're, we're all I'm no better than all the other people. We all suck. Going for the easy <laughs> stuff. You know, that that's like telling at this point it's like doing a like a knock knock joke or you know a chicken crossing the yeah. road shit like it's just such an easy easy gag it's like all right whatever but yeah as Nick said it's time to put this one to bed this is our first three hour show in, in quite some time but I, I think the time was warranted you know we, we we have some meat to chew on these days so you know hopefully Nick doesn't get yelled at hopefully I don't get yelled at we definitely went over our our promised two and a half but like I said it we're no longer just talking the talk and spinning wheels. We're, we're, I think we're getting some good uh, speculation, good breakdowns, good possible setups. So if you want to join in on the fun, and this happens to be the first time you listened to the Star Wars Time Show, make sure to, first and foremost, whatever platform you're on, give us a rating, a review, a like, a comment, a share, a subscription. Now, if you've already done that, and you need to sell it to a like-minded friend, you can just tell them to head on over to StarWarsTime.net. That's where we live in between shows. That's where our content is. And again, it is an easy platform to get to and find all of our jump-off links to the various podcast platforms we are on, including iTunes, Google, Spotify, Spotify Podcasts. They're all in the news these days. No, we are not being paid $100 million, but we are on Spotify just like Joe Rogan. We're also on the on Androids, Pandoras, Stitchers, Tune-Ins, Deezers. Hell, if you're old school and you just want to burn the RSS feed, we also have that for you. Now, if you're someone that has the time available and you want to interact and get into a chat with like-minded Star Wars fans, then you should also head to StarWarsTime.net. Scroll down a little bit, look on the right, and you will find the Star Wars Time on YouTube even got a handy dandy built-in subscribe button and we'd love for you to do so especially if you're listening it to for the first time on today's stream hit the like leave a comment sub turn on those alerts because we actually alert you now when we're doing a show i schedule them and look more people show up it's weird it's like if you do something at a certain amount of time or a certain time every week people will continually come back at that set time it's crazy It's appointment, listening, slash viewing. That's what we strive to be. We are the Star Wars Time Show. There's always time for Star Wars Time. Say it with me, everyone. There is always time for Star Wars Time. There's, I mean, there's clearly not enough time now because I'm already, like, half shutting down the show. Before I'm done, I just, like, I got the browser over Nick and I's faces. I'm, like, starting to hit (laughs) buttons and getting ready to, to get up and go. But, yeah, so... Uh, I guess Devin missed our episode predictions, but I'm thinking episode six again, just a recap of the book of Boba Fett, we could get a, a 50-50, 60-40 split type of narrative delivery where we take care of the Grogu and Din reunion so we know he can come back and fight. And then with the Boba and Fennec, we see what other big names and iconic characters from past Star Wars they bring in because you know they're coming. Don't sleep on it. I think some of the Motley crew will be there and present and ready for the war, which I believe will kick off in full episode seven. All right. So if you like what we do, like I said, StarWarsTime.net. Say it to yourself every night before you go to bed. There's always time for Star Wars time. It's kind of our this is the way. That is our creed. There is always time for Star Wars time. And like I always say, as I leave you, if you do listen to the Star Wars time show, The Force, Mandalorian-infused or not, will be with you always.